Alright, hi everybody, this is A7X Fan Ben, here with God Mason, and this is Parrot CSG Podcast, episode number 9, I believe, and today we're going to be doing the Pirates of the Revolution set review, so this was the third set um, of, rev- the, of the sets that came out. It's one of the most famous sets, um, a lot of people think it's their favorite, um, it's oftentimes uh, uh, quoted as like the best set for Pirates, pretty much, there was really good gameplay quality. And uh, so we're going to go through all the pieces like we did in the first two set reviews. And uh, but we're going to start with our thoughts on the set. So I'll let uh, I'll let God Mason start that off. I think it's very much a mixed bag. I mean, you've got stuff like Banshee's Cry, and then you've got stuff like Tiger. It's I think it's a little bit funny that we remember it so well because in many respects it is kind of average. Mm-hmm. But. I know I like this set quite a lot because it came out in, I want to say, early 05, right? Yeah. So that would have overlapped with when I was learning about the Revolutionary War in elementary school. Yep. And uh, I ended up getting so into the whole American history thing that I actually went as John Paul Jones for Halloween in fifth grade. Oh, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> I yeah. remember being a pirate in like fourth, I think it was fourth grade for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We both had our stages dressing up in, yeah. <laughs> in costumes for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, for me, the set is pretty awesome. It's it's always been one of my favorites. Um, my fandom of it has actually gone a little bit lower over time just because I've really realized how amazing Crimson Coast and South China Seas are. I think mm-hmm. those don't get quite enough credit for how amazingly balanced they are and just how classic they are in general. Revolution has a few problems with like that we'll get to with like events, and some of the name crew are kind of underwhelming. And there was also, yeah, like you mentioned, like a bit of disparity between the best pieces and the worst ones. There was Possibly the biggest gap of any set, maybe. Yeah, yeah, there was a pretty big disparity in terms of how powerful some of the game pieces were, but, but we're going to get into that. So uh, without further ado, we're just going to go through the, the two spreadsheets. Um, we have both versions, the regular and the un- unlimited version up. Um, so we're mostly going to use the unlimited because I have a few extra ships at the end from the special edition boxes. But uh, we're going to start... Um, with the Slay and Captain Whitebeard, actually, because they're at the top of the spreadsheet at Miniature Trading, or at mm-hmm. the top of the at the top of the the, the set, um, how it's laid out. So yeah, like like with the Crimson Coast review, we're just going to go through the pieces and not say all the stats because it would take a lot longer. So except for when I stall because I haven't figured yeah. out my thoughts on a piece. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. And uh, so yeah, if you want to get Miniature Trading up, that might help unless you know all the pieces pretty well. So we're going to start with Captain Whitebeard and the Slay. I actually don't really have comments on these. I don't own these ones, and I'm not, I'm not as uh, big on them as some people are. But it was, it was kind of cool as a theme. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I actually do have a sort of back in the day story about this. Nice. Way back in, I want to say it was 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, WizKids did a sort of online raffle for a bunch of packs of this, and I put in, uh, I put my name in because, of course, I did. And I recall very eagerly opening up the uh, the page that showed all the people who'd won. And not only was I very disappointed not to find my name, I was a bit frustrated by the fact that I saw several instances of like the same person's name. Like, huh. why would you do this? Why would you put your name in hundreds of times and deny a 10-year-old the chance uh, to have, you know, the Santa Claus ship? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty because, brutal. I might have still believed in Santa Claus at that time. That was that was mean of people. Yeah. But yeah. 
fortunately they made many more than uh, than they just gave away there and yeah. I eventually got one on eBay. I don't actually think I've assembled it yet. Oh, cool. Huh. But um, I might do that around the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> I like to imagine maybe playing a game with multiple people trying to take down Whitebeard, but... Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Cause like three it, on one or something. Because the combo is so absurdly powerful that that really people don't ever mention it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's more powerful than any Banshee's Cry or Lord Micron ever was, but yeah. because it's sort of obviously meant to be that way, I think nobody's ever acknowledged it. Yeah. Yeah, people don't really talk about it that much for gameplay because it's not really... You don't really use it in a game because it's, it's just too good. So, mm-hmm. I've thought about, like... Is it feasible to include Captain Whitebeard in a normal fleet, be, like with the keyword of you know prove any nationality? But I might be yeah. pushing it. Yeah, yeah, probably. The ability is so like silly; it doesn't even it doesn't even make sense. I, I should probably like part... see if I can get my playgroup together in December sometime, just yeah. so we can use that. Yeah. And. Uh, and see if people are actually willing to do the shouting of ho ho ho. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not, yeah, it sounds like a party game ability in a way. Like yeah. a card you would draw or something like that. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Let's move on to the normal set pieces. Yeah, sounds, sounds good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll start off. Uh, the Black Swan, first ship in the set. This one I like quite a lot. Um, it's kind of underwhelming, a lot of the base stats. Um, but I like... Uh, I like the ability. It's pretty good. The patterns don't really need it, but it's a pretty solid ship. It has good speed for a 5-master, and I really love the way the ship looks. It's one of the coolest-looking ships in the game, and that's a theme throughout Revolution, actually. There's a lot of really classic-looking ships, especially among the pirates, at least in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah. I like the ship quite a lot. Yeah, it's got a relatively large amount of detail for mm-hmm. early uh, for early set art, because a lot of them were pretty simplistic, but it's a very handsome ship. Yeah. Um, if you know where I'm coming, uh, where I'm coming from when I say this, could we use Black Swan as the bar by which we can measure all other five-masted ships? Yeah, yeah, it seems pretty much like that. Way. Yeah, because you know it's got a pretty standard ability, and it's basically average or slightly above in every other respect. It's got mm-hmm. usable point cost, good cargo space, okay move, armament that's really just acceptable due to how big it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I guess if we want to judge any five master ships in the future, we can probably use this as kind of the bar. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So moving on, let's talk about <sighs> Neptune's Horde here. It's a fast, well, I guess reasonably well armed with all three S guns, four masted schooner, and four masted schooners were the were a new ship type for this set. Mm-hmm. Neptune's Horde is. I mean, it is actually a pretty solid treasure runner, if kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have a very good move, uh, an excellent cargo space, and an ability that does befit its role. Yeah. Although, because it's on the expensive side, I'm not sure I'd see myself using this all that much. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really good ship. It's one of my favorite pirate treasure runners, for the most part. Um, I don't use it a ton anymore, probably because it's... Uh, seems kind of overused this was actually kind of a famous ship as part of the old norvegia setup with uh, a bunch of like cheese stuff um so you'd put like don pedro gilbert on here 
mm-hmm. and crew like that, and like a helmsman, and like an oarsman explorer. And then it was like one of those fleets where you would sack a crew, go out to an island, um, and then build a. You'd get a gold back really fast with like sack actions, and then you'd build forts on the islands. So, and then that kind of that became like illegal when they changed some of the fort rules around, which was good. But but it's definitely Is one it? of the better pirate, um, one of the better pirate treasure runners, and also one of the better four masters in the game overall. Pretty much very good in every way. The armament, the only thing that's not like stand out as really good but it's certainly fine and it makes the ship a pretty good candidate to be a hybrid too mm-hmm. could you almost say it was like a proto high pang not not speed wise but strategy yeah. wise yeah definitely strategy wise i could see that yeah definitely yeah yeah that's a good point. and because it has excusable armament you know i think it's it's very much a ship that is still viable yep yeah definitely it's pretty well yeah uh, the next one, the Golden Medusa. This is another four-masted schooner. This one's more of a fighting role. Has the same speed, but uh, much better cannons overall. Um, a little bit less cargo, and has a really nice ability that crew can't blow into the, sh- the ship sinks, which is nice. Um, this is a really good, kind of like the opposite of Neptune's Horde. This is one of the best pirate four-masted uh, gunships, actually. Um, it has really good cargo space and point um, point cap space to put a lot of good crew aboard, including some good named crew. So this one's just a really fantastic option as a gunship. Mm -hmm. As good as it is, there are other ships at this price point that have significantly better armament. Um, uh, It's probably not quite fair to compare it to HMS Gallows, Mm -hmm. but you kind of have to. Uh, The Golden Medusa is, it's not a ship I can see myself using, but I'm sure that if I were to go up against it, I would go, wow, that's a lot better than I expected. Yeah, yeah, it's quite good. It's a really good gunship overall. Mm-hmm. Especially it's with definitely that, not that, bad. Yeah, the ability to not have crew made is pretty awesome, too. So. Yeah, that's probably a lot more useful than I'm giving it credit for. Yeah, it can be um, I'll hop on next to Pride, which is a ship I always kind of wanted to like more than I do. Mm-hmm. It's... It's a little bit expensive and not quite well armed enough for its point cost, and you know it's just kind of got average hold space. Um, it's not a bad ability, but again, broadside attack is best used on ships with S range guns and more accurate than yep. three. Yep. So it's just not quite there. I yeah. would like to use it at some point, though. Yeah, yeah, I like this ship quite a bunch. I like the I like SL speed a lot, and then the, all the cannons are long range which i really like quite a lot too it is wasting points on broadsides attack like some of the other ships we've looked at and the other sets but overall still a, a fast and good pirate gunship the golden medusa has a beat on ability and firepower for the point cost but the pride mm-hmm. is still a pretty good option um pretty much at any point level uh the next one i'll do is cursed blade this is actually one of my favorite ships i wrote a review mm-hmm. on it a while back one of my original 49 ships from my original collection has a really nice combination of stats and the ability uh, it's kind of like a perfect hybrid it has solid speed very good cargo for a three master with five and then it can randomly take a, tre- a treasure from any ship she touches so then if you win a boarding party you could take two treasures on one turn so i would usually outfit it with all sorts of different crew like captain and helmsman or maybe hammersmith or maybe even hammersmith and coconut uh, with Explorer and Reroll, you could even get like an extra action crew aboard. So there's just a lot of options, and it's it's just a classic ship and one of my favorites. So it's it's sentimental for me for a lot of reasons, but I I do think it is still a pretty good ship even in today's game. 
Mm -hmm. I have to agree with you, and um, it's not out yet, but you know how I've been doing those ship ranking threads? Oh, yeah. Which I'm itching to post the next iteration of, but I'm trying to keep it to one a week. So yeah. I've got to delay that till tomorrow or uh, or Thursday. Mm -hmm. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this made I think the top ten for schooners released mm -hmm. because you know it's below average cost for uh, for a three masted multi purpose ship, which is usually about twelve. Mm -hmm. um, its armament is okay. Great cargo space, useful ability. It's probably one of the most underrated ships ever released. Yeah, yeah, I would say so too. And I think I talked about that in my review. And then one mm -hmm. little thing, I like uh, with the schooner keyword, you could rotate on the stern and then hit another ship without ramming, and then randomly take a treasure with the second ability, and then you wouldn't be pinned for the next turn. That's a cool little combo you could use to combine both abilities in one, you know, action or whatever. So does that mean that you could basically ram but not be pinned, or am I getting... It, like, I'm basically saying if you didn't touch the bow of the Cursed Blade to the enemy ship, you wouldn't ram in the first place. Like, you can get away with mm -hmm. touching without ramming. It usually is pretty tricky. You kind of have to have a ship with, like, sides that are bowed out a bit, and then if you go on a straight line, you can, like, hit, it, uh, hit the other ship with the side of your ship rather than the bow. I learned this from Wolf, actually, because I didn't know it was possible until however many years ago but uh but yeah and then with the schooner keyword you could do a similar thing where you could turn and then you could be like broadside to the other ship or if you didn't want to do that you could touch like the side of the cursed blade to the stern of the enemy ship and then use that second ability to steal a treasure without having to get pinned that's very interesting and i kind of wonder if that can stack with similar but not identical abilities yeah it might be able to yeah because uh because i think you could still board i'm pretty sure too yeah mm-hmm I'll hop onto Hades Flame next. Yep. At 13 points, it is really pretty expensive for a two-masted ship, but it does have awesome move, uh, solid cargo space, and actually kind of a pertinent ability. Yep. I think this is this is probably in the neighborhood of absurdly expensive but still kind of effective treasure runners. Yep. I'm not sure I could see myself using this over, of course, Banshee's Cry, but this will probably be forgotten as one of the better empty treasure runners or you yeah. could throw on like gentleman joe card and a helmsman yeah. and make it stupid fast yep yeah i like this ship a lot it's really for me it's like one of the coolest ships it has like a white hull and then red sails then it mm -hmm. has ghost ship keyword which um i mean it came out in crimson coast that keyword but it's still one of the first like ghost ships overall in the game and yeah it's like a perfect ghost ship with that big base move and good cargo and stuff so yeah it is quite a good gold runner it is expensive um for what you get it's pretty fragile but still a pretty solid option for the pirates uh mm -hmm. the next uh executioner i know you like this one but oh yes one. yes yeah, one of my favorite two master chips yeah you, no you, you yeah, start you do it no you do it that's fine Okay, Executioner is everything that a two-masted ship should be because it's eight points, so it's cheap. It's got four cargo space, so it can be a gold run. It's got SS move. It's not especially good. It's like, you know, not. it's an average speed overall, but it has a pair of two L guns and an awesome ability, eliminating one crew when you hit. It is literally good at every role you can put it in. Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. I love the the combination of the the guns 
pretty much everything. And like the guns, the speed, the cargo, and the, the ability are all just really nice, basically. I think it, it kind of sums up Revolution because it's like it's, the ship is just has good stats in like every category. Like there's not a lot to complain about. Like a lot of other ships in this set, it's just really mm-hmm. nice. So mm-hmm. the SS move is average, but yeah. I mean, but it's still pretty solid overall, Hammer especially Smith, with the later sets. So yeah, Hammersmith and Gentleman Joe Card mm-hmm. put them on this, and you've instantly got yourself a fast treasure runner that'll do a nasty job of defending itself. Yep. Yeah, that's a good combo. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one, the Bloody Jewel. This one is mm-hmm. one of the best pirate gold runners in the entire game. Uh, mm-hmm. The negative ability brings it down at least a point or two. I always compare this one to the Bonnie Liz from uh, Crimson Coast, which is basically the same ship, um, but with two points more for uh, almost like an opposite ability. Um, but basically, this is one of the better gold runners in the game, not just pirate, too, just overall. It's one of the best. has a nice red look, red sails, red hull. Fits with the name, and uh, it actually has the guns to be a hybrid if you wanted to put a captain on it, as long as, as well as like a helmsman or maybe an explorer. But just I usually just run it with a with a helmsman, and it's just it's really fantastic. You you'd have uh, four cargo spaces open at SLS move with eight for just eight points, which is really just an amazing deal. Mm-hmm. I uh, would compare it more to Lintrepid from. Uh from Crimson Coast because, you know, they've got the same move, but this one is one point more and you get more cargo and it's got the same negative ability. So, so yeah, it's very much comparable. You could just throw a helmsman aboard it and use it as a very fast treasure runner, or you could, as you said, go the multi-purpose route and I'd use something like Hammersmith for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm hmm. All right, and after Bloody Jewel comes Tiger, which I think I mentioned earlier is the worst ship in the set, I think. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot figure out any possible use for this ship. It's another case of WizKids making a ship really expensive, even though it's terrible, just because it has an expensive ability. Yeah. Yeah, there's not... I know, uh, I think Lord Stu did a review which is kind of eye-opening um, to how the ship could be used. I mean, it's never going to be a good ship, definitely. But um, the ability is really unnecessary, and it's it's best on, like, four masts and up, four and five masters. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I can think of is maybe, like, Captain Helmsman, Musketeer, Oarsman, because then you could have... Um, yeah. Then you could have three cannons shooting on a two-master, even when derelict because the oarsman ability, but I mean, it's definitely not worth the points. It's just kind of, it's kind of like a, yeah. can I, could I use this ship in a game and win somehow more than, you know, actually something that's actually useful. Yeah. It's, it's a ship that we're desperate to find a use for because it does have a powerful ability, but everything else about it is average or bad. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. So now we get into a couple ships. I really like a lot. Uh, the Cutlass, Cutlass. two-masted schooner, Mm-hmm. Um, this one has a really nice uh, support gunship, great speed, SL, solid cargo, good cannons, um, eight points. The ability, plus one to cannon rolls against forts with an S, not a great ability, pretty situational. But it's still, even without that ability coming into play, it's still quite a good support gunship, especially the speed and the cannons are just, they don't really leave anything to be desired for the most part. So. Yeah, this is the kind of ship that I think I'd see myself using if I knew an opponent was going to use a fort. Uh, aside from that, I think I'd rather use Executioner, but Cutlass definitely deserves an honorable mention as a really solid two-masted gunship. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Panda is next. This is a two-masted schooner with a pair of 2L guns. It's You know what this really is? This is Executioner with a schooner keyword for three more points. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It, and it a better literally is. Yeah. It's, the the as, ability is mostly the point cost difference, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure schooners were three points. Yeah, I think just one here, or maybe two. Yeah, yeah I think if this were a nine-point ship, it would be pretty tempting. But at its at its published point cost, it kind of has to play second fiddle. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite good. Not quite as good as Executioner because of the points, but I like that you eliminate a cargo with every hit instead of just crew. Oh, wait, yeah, was it cargo? Yeah, yeah, so it Did can I take out points. Yeah, it can take out coins too, and equipment. So. Oh, yes, yeah. okay, once per... Uh, wait, it's not a once per turn either. This has the Assassino yeah, della Nave keyword. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah, every, every hit. So like, I, I would I'm, say... I'm wrong then. Ignore yeah, me. I think the Executioner is still better. It's just... Uh, it's actually pretty close. Like, Panda's ability is basically four points, and then Executioner's ability is two. So that explains two of the point difference, and then Schooner is one, so that's the three-point differential. So it just depends on, like, what points you have available, which in a in most games people play, they won't even have those three points. They'd much rather just get the captain on Executioner, for example. But if you have the points, Panda is a little bit more powerful. Um, in terms of the mm-hmm. abilities, though, Panda could only eliminate two cargo in one turn, unless you get like a musketeer or something on there, versus the executioner does one crew. So the but eliminating two cargo is quite a lot. I mean, yeah. you'd never want to be missing two crew or two gold all of a sudden. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm just saying it's not the one versus two isn't always going to be a huge difference versus like if you get that eliminating cargo ability on like a three or five master, then it's going to be a lot more devastating. Yeah. So. Yeah, although I'm not sure that ability ever came on any ship larger than Assassino, yeah. uh, save for, you know, Kian Ng that you can yeah. drop on some bigger ships, but we'll get yeah. to that later. Yep, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cheval, there's a pirate crew with it that doesn't, he doesn't get any attention because he's hidden among the Caribbean, like, UT crew, uh, crew for two for cards, so he's mm-hmm. not very well known, but there's a crew pirate crew. Crew for two for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or with a, well, it's not a crew for tour. It's like a crew and UT. Crew for tour is like the Spanish main and like Ocean's Edge type stuff. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, and then the next one, Coral. This one's good. This is another ship I had back in the day. Um, it's it's a pretty good gold runner. It's pretty fragile. Uh, can't be shot at while docked, which is nice at Wild Islands. But the problem is, uh, just gonna get rammed anyway, probably. Um, <laughs> The nice thing is that, uh, like a lot of other ships we'll talk about, the stats are just great. You know, solid cargo for one master, great speed. The gun is good, which doesn't matter that much, but it's, it's still nice to have. So it's pretty pretty good defensive um, gold runner for the pirates, but when you compare it to the other options in this set especially, it doesn't really it doesn't really look quite as enticing. Yeah, it's. I feel like it was made... It was one of those ships where, while... While they were drawing it up, they're like, yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. But then they forgot about the major weakness of one-mastered ships, which is basically, if you ram it, it's gone. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. It would have been good if it were, uh, you know, if it were a turtle ship. And you played with the house rule that turtle ships uh, don't take instant mast damage from ramming, which I do. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it would be a really solid ship. Yeah. 
but as is, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yep. <laughs> All right, Banshees Cry. Yeah. Do we have anything to say? Not really. I should have been Why, the kids? Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, so what do you think of Lightning, then? Um, Lightning I like quite a lot. Yeah, Banshee's Cry, best ship in the game. Uh, there's not a lot of competition, really. Dark Hawk, maybe. Um, yeah. There's not much else competition, to be Seems. honest. Um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, Lightning, this is another one. Oh, this is actually a little bit funny. One-masted schooner. Yeah, yeah, I like this ship. I think it's kind of underrated. Again, like, just like Coral, Lightning and Coral would be great if the Banshee's Cry didn't exist. So it's did they get overlooked as a result? But that's kind of gets to my point, though. Back when I um, first started my in my Revolution packs, I got Coral and Lightning, but not Banshee's Cry. So I had Ooh. the other two. <laughs> so I didn't have the like the OP one, which is probably good. But uh, but yeah, Lightning is pretty good. Uh, it's super cheap, dirt cheap. You can add it with zero LR uh, limit ransom plus five crew. It's only five points. Good cargo and speed. I would usually just run it empty as an extra gold runner, um, toss in at the end of your fleet, or maybe with a helmsman, but you don't really need it. Just a cheap, nice cheap ship. Yeah, this is honestly a ship I don't really see myself using because it's pretty average or slightly below in every way to me. Mm-hmm. I can think of, not by name, but I can think of multiple ships, uh, two message ships from Spanish Maine at this point cost I'd rather use. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. I just like the three three cargo for five points is a deal I, I like. And it's uh, it, this one, kind of like Chris Blade, it's another more of a sentimental favorite for me. So it's pretty yeah. useful, but not uh, not always the best. So. Yeah, that's still a fair appraisal, and I may be underrating it. Uh, it's also one of maybe just a couple one-masted ships that have the schooner keyword in the game. It might be yeah. the only one, but uh, yeah. don't quote me. Yeah, it might be. I think they all should, but oh well. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Just retroactively give them all the schooner keyword. <laughs> probably, except for Banshee's Cry. Yeah. Um, next is Jean Lafitte, I think. Is it Jean? Or is, I'm going to say Jean Lafitte because yeah. it's a French name. Yeah. Um, this is a fleet admiral crew at five points when I think they normally cost six. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's got a link to the uh, almost good pride that we mentioned above. Yeah, he's great. Um, should be six, really. It's just mm-hmm. kind of the pirates being unfair as usual. So. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, the next guy, Don Pedro Gilbert. Um, I mentioned this guy with the uh, with the Neptune's Horde, one of the better pirate in crew in the game. Um, I don't, I don't think he gets used a ton anymore. He was big back when the first like three to five sets were the only sets out. Um. Yeah, basically sack and then also trading treasure. So it's the perfect crew for like a multi-purpose or a larger um, like gold runner that can afford to have a bunch of oarsmen and maybe one explorer aboard to sacrifice. Um, not not a great crew for like newbies. It gets kind of it can get a little bit complex at least compared to other things. I mean, it's not super complicated, but but yeah, being able to trade away that treasure is really nice um, to have on that gold runner too. So. Definitely a staple of a lot of competitive early fleets, but not quite not quite as popular anymore, I would say, but still very good. Yeah, he's he's definitely got his niche, but with the options that came out later, I think he's kind of been made obsolete. I don't he's not obsolete at all. I mean he did okay. great. Yeah. Yeah, we had him 
he's in a few fleets in uh I think it was tournament number two, I think. I don't know if he was in T one, but but yeah, Zarek and I did the old Norvegia fleet and I got beat by one of the UPS fleets with a high pang, but he's still a really good crew and uh outside of like super competitive play, he's gonna be one of the better named crew options for the most part. As long as you use him right. Like I said, like Neptune's horde is pretty much perfect for him. But other mm-hmm. like pirate gold runners with decent cargo could use him too. So Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um I'll hop on next to Devereaux. Mm-hmm. This is a very interesting crew because it's yep. very much geared toward a gold runner and a home island raider. Yep. Um, I think this is one of the ideal pairings with uh, Raven's Neck from Spanish Main. Yep. Because it just augments both of that ship's uh, strengths, which are its ability and its huge hold space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty good crew. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to say. I pretty much agree. I tried to use them in a fleet one time. It's kind of difficult with seven points. It's a lot for a named crew, but yeah. pretty solid overall. Especially for one that doesn't provide any extra actions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then the next one, Lady Baptiste. This one is just a basic uh, reroll crew for three points. Uh, not much else to say. Doesn't they, um, I see on here, is, isn't this supposed to have a link to Gold Medusa? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think the database is updated with all the links for the unlimited version. So, hmm. so yeah, we uh, could look at both um, for those, and then just get to the, the last four ships at the end for the UL. Yeah, um, the patch. I'll I'll hit next. Uh, this ship ignores terrain. Eh, at three points, I never found this the most useful ability. I don't ever see myself using it. Yeah, I, don't, I never seek it out at all. If Like, if a ship has it built in, like the Argo or the Hanuiki, decent gold runners with it built in, mm-hmm. but I would never use a crew on, like, a gold runner to take up a space. No real point, so. Yep. Uh, the next one, Amos. This is a two-point reducer. Um, or no, no, it's not. Sorry about that. It's a three-point uh, recruiter, so you can bring in a crew with a point cost two or less from outside the game. Um, this one, another one, I don't really seek it out. Um, Isn't this like some super niche use or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the best thing I can think about is like a 100 or 200 point game where you bring it in to a gunship, and then depending on the situation, if you get like a shipwright or a chain shot specialist or like a stink pot specialist to use against like a 10 master, I don't know. But other than yeah, that, it's it's yeah. such a, a niche use that yeah. I think I'm never going to use him. Yeah, no, I know. I, I've tried. I've almost, like, tried to come up with combos, but it just doesn't... Uh, it's just kind of tough. You're just, you're just wasting the point, basically. So. Yeah. Uh, next is Divers, one of the events. Mm-hmm. And while I haven't used it, reading it kind of convinces me that it's a bit unfair. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really play with events anymore outside of finishing up the, ter- the Vassal tournaments. Um I don't really think they should have existed, which I've already talked about. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's not nearly as bad as the other events, but it's uh, it should still be more expensive. Basically, all of them should have been more. So, oh well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, Philippe Lafayette. Lafayette. Uh, yep. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this guy <laughs> is linked to the Pride as well. Um, when it hits, hits another ship, you choose which mass illuminated. This one... Uh, Again, it's, it's not an ability really I seek costed. out. Yeah, it's it's decent, but I don't I don't really seek the ability out. Um, it's it's uh it's better if the ship already has it built in and you just kind of get it as a bonus. But 
the two points are almost always better spent on a fire pass specialist, for example. So. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't pair amazingly with its linked ship, Pride. Yeah, um, <laughs> he, his brother, and uh, in that ship, uh, it's expensive and not an amazing set of links. But yeah. uh, I don't know, maybe somebody can find a good use for it. Yeah. But uh, after Philippe Lafitte, oh no, we already talked about divers. So I'm going to jump than... onto the. Yep, I'm going to jump onto the Devil's Maw. Yep. Uh, pretty interesting for it. As far as things go, I don't think that the ghost ship keyword is as useful as uh, WizKids thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But other things considered, uh, it is pretty well armed, although kind of expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I pretty much love like almost all the forts, so I'll never have anything bad to say. Um, mm-hmm. It is really cool. It has a super unique ability. The only one like that, of course. It's like, kind of like the other forts for the most part. But, uh, but yeah, I like it a lot. I like the... The guns are nice and diverse too, mix of the SNL and different ranks, so pretty cool. It is expensive, tied with the uh, the most expensive fort. So, which I think we'll get to is that later in this set. Yeah, I can't remember. I always forget the Spanish. Oh yeah, Fortaleza Dorada. So I think it, yeah, I think it should be. Wait, I thought that there was a French uh, a French one that I can remember by name, but I thought it was in this set. Yeah, Paradise is four. It should have been like oh. eight. Should have been eight or really? ten, but yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, oh, I actually made that mistake. Kids. I thought it was five. Like I, I was on Basel maybe or something, and uh, I looked it up. I was like four. It's like come on, at least it should be the most expensive. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, do you want to talk about Firepot specialists or no? Oh, were they introduced in this set? Yeah. Were they? Okay. I guess so. Uh, yeah. I haven't used them probably nearly as much as you do, and I say that because I think I actually haven't used them, Mm -hmm. but as far as something that can do crazy amounts of damage with a single hit, Mm -hmm. they're just about unparalleled. Arguably, this is a more useful ability than Broadside's Attack, and it comes in at a far lesser cost. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. They actually had to change it because it was too good. They changed it so it's uh, one to two the fire spreads and then five or six it goes out. But um, but uh, yeah, it's a great one. Um, I've used it a bunch in my campaign game Command the Oceans. It's actually become not really overpowered in that, but it kind of it kind of gets past some of the house rules I made for that game. Uh, but it's it's quite impressive. And also, one thing I post about in the forum like within the past month is how with fire shot. I always seem to roll a one to make it backfire. So <laughs> even though you can use the equipment with like L range guns and it's a point less, um, I'm finding that equipment is oftentimes not worth it. Cause I just, whenever I roll cannons, the first four are, you know, they roll fine and I hit and then it comes time to use the equipment. And that one has to be a one like every time. So it always backfires. So, so I found that firepower specialists are actually a lot more reliable because of that. So, so yeah, I've, um, I've used them to, very good success, uh, especially lately. So, mm-hmm. English. Hmm. Swallow. Yeah. What are your thoughts on HMS Swallow? Um, I like it a lot. It's quite a good ship. Um, it's tied with the fastest base move on a five master. Um, has solid cannons. Um, I like using it as like a super fast like attack ship. But that can also be a hybrid, though, actually, especially with like Thomas Gunner from Mighty Gold from Rise of the Fiends on there, saving mm-hmm. cargo space. Um, if you really wanted to go crazy, you could add uh, 
get at uh, Ismail from uh, Barry Coast to get that extra cargo space back. But yeah, For either an Explorer or Sat. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a great ship. Um, it does waste points on broadside attack, but I think you can o- kind of overlook that based on the cargo and move and how good it is as a multi-purpose ship. It's a really unique five master. Yeah, I mean, it's a British five master at 17 points, and that makes me think HMS Titan, mm-hmm. which I think I'd rather use, mm-hmm. but the extra speed that this ship has can't really be ignored. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The ability does not pair well with the armament that it has, uh, we'll get to its linked crew later, yep. but as I mean, as a five master, I don't see myself using it that much. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that it's better than I would ever give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, HMS Dreadnought is next. <laughs> this I actually assembled this ship just this morning. Oh, nice. I have a morning ritual where like ships that I am going to add to my play collection, I will like assemble one each morning first oh, thing, nice. just kind of wake my head up. That was this oh, ship cool. this morning. <laughs> but <clears throat> this is, correct me if I'm wrong, the most expensive non-10-masted ship in the game. Yep. Yeah, as far as I remember, it definitely is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does have good armament uh, and good cargo space and a powerful fitting ability, but it's so, so, so expensive and yeah. slow. Yeah, yeah, that speed is really... If it was, like, S plus S, maybe, but... Um, or even just L. Yeah. I think, like, 20, 21, 22 points would have been better. Um, it's definitely overpriced. I think they kind of made that made it that way on purpose. I'm just, like, kind of hypothesizing. But I think they wanted to make some kind of crazy ship like this just to be able to put a ton, ton of name crew on it. But then it's still, like, slow. I like... One thing I like about it, how it's more like historical, because the guns don't get eliminated with the masts, and then uh, the, sl- the speed is slow, which makes sense too. So it's kind of since I like the historical stuff, and of course the ship's name is legendary um, for centuries now. Um, so it's it's one I'll always like, but it's not. It's definitely not one I will always enjoy using. My best memories with it um, have come in campaign games where the point cost is much less of a of an issue almost like irrelevant in a way when you have like thousands of points like cg1 i was able vassal campaign game one i was able to use uh carbon charlie to make like 10 extra cannons yeah i think and you mentioned had, like, this yeah yeah i think i already talked about it but i had so i had like 15 cannons and then just to go <laughs> just to go overboard i put like a marine on there and i had 16 and then uh i also had like a like a world hater crew so i had like 16 cannons firing at rank two so basically anything that it attacked would get sunk that turn. Like, I almost didn't have to roll. I just made the rolls, like, super quick and just made sure there was at least, like, six hits or whatever. So just dropped a funny. handful of dice. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, yeah, it's a cool ship. It's just, it's kind of, like, a novelty, kind of a weird one. Um, Not really viable in a 40-point game, but no. once you go bigger than that... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, with a world hater plus, I want to say it's Sir Rupert Hargreaves. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good too. Yeah. Yeah, um, let's yeah see. I like how the, the point space gives you um, a ton of options for a name crew, which is fun because the English have a lot of good name crews. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, HMS Oxford is next. Uh, Schooner, this one is one of their best um, gunships pretty much in the game. Mm-hmm. Great speed and amazing cannons. Um, 
the ability is situational, not really. You can pretty much ignore it. Because even, even without that ability, it would still be one of the best four-masted English gunships. So, really great one. The speed and the guns are the best assets here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is also one that made one of the uh, top schooners list, but yeah, I'll post so. that later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could almost consider this a, uh, a schooner analog to HMS London. Yeah, yeah. Because it's one point more expensive to account for the schooner keyword, and it also has a super niche ability. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, it's got a good move, good cargo, and great armament. So, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's easily one of the best, uh, one of the best four-masted British ships out there. Yep, definitely. Um, HMS Serapis, which I'll take next, is. Uh, yeah, it's almost good. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, I mean, in theory, you could stack it with, like, the uh, promo version of Griffin from Rise of the Fiends. <laughs> yeah. But that yeah. uh, is getting extreme because that crew is so rare that I'm just being silly. Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't have point space for a helmsman, too. So. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's just solid, but very underwhelming compared to other English gunships in general, and even the two ships surrounding it in the set, the Oxford and the Nautilus, those are both oh, yeah. considerably better. So, yeah, yeah. not a great one. Uh, speaking and yeah, speaking of the which, Nautilus. Yeah, HMS Nautilus is the next one. Uh, great ship. Same uh, speed as the Oxford SL. Similar cannons, they're all ranked 2. Um, other than that, pretty pretty average, actually, other than that, but the speed and the cannons are what you need to have a, a very good gunship, and this one is... Mm-hmm. And it does undercut all the uh, three-masted multi-purpose ships with mm-hmm. rank two guns, yep. because I think this is the cheapest among the uh, the three-masted ships that have good speed and guns this good. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why it was basically featured on the front page for, I want to say, two years. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, HMS Algiers is... I look at this and I do struggle to find a purpose for it. It's kind of classic British, good but overpriced. Yeah. You know, with small mass ships, because I mean that's a good ability and that's a good that's good armament. But you know, it's two. It's basically like two fifths of HMS Titan, but yeah. at two thirds the price. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Yeah. I wish the cargo was more, like, if the car was 4 or the speed was SL, I think it would be more viable. As mm-hmm. is, you don't really have a lot of cargo to put great named crew for the most part. I mean, yeah. with Captain, Captain Helmsman, maybe, like, uh... Or Thomas Gun Reroller. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like a Limit Reroller, maybe. Get, like, 6S speed with 4 2L shots, but then you're costing at least 17 points, which you could get, you know, the Titan for that without crew, so... And mm-hmm. it's, it's solid, but... Uh, it's just it's fragile for for how good it is as a gunship. So mm-hmm. uh, the next one, HMS Lord Caldwell. This one's okay. Um, I had like like five or six duplicates of this like a couple years ago. <laughs> I kind of like give them away. Um, but uh, it's it's solid. It's just kind of underwhelming. And WizKids kind of made it obsolete because the next set in Barbary Coast they have the Lord Kenyon, which is literally the exact same ship in every way, but it has four cargo instead of two. So it mm. made, made this one obsolete. Um, so it's just kind of underwhelming. 
one lord better than the other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I look at this and I think it's probably costed about right-ish considering the ability. Maybe yeah. it should be a little bit cheaper, but mm-hmm. yeah, the ability is not amazing on a ship of this size. Mm-hmm. So it ends up just being kind of something you, you'll pass on. Yeah. HMS Apollo, meh, there are so much better options for two-masted ships in this set. We already talked about both Panda and Executioner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, the speed is the only thing that makes it stand out. Everything else is quite boring. Um, yeah. She's been a kind of a fun ship in Command the Ocean. She's gone on some expeditions and uh, going home to repair right now. But anyway, uh, the next one, HMS Frolic. This uh, this is one of the ones hey, from my <laughs> this is one of the ones from my original collection and uh, one of my least favorite ships between the the flavor text and how the ship just isn't very good at all. It's it's not one of my favorites for English. Um, it's not English. It feels like a French ship because it's like runs from combat and it has like you know like L range cans cannot hit the ship. Like it it seems like it should be French versus the English. Like don't run from battle and they like fight. Is this a French World War II joke? Oh no, not at all. No. <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm just came up with that on a whim because like I don't know. It just doesn't feel English to me. Um, the biggest problem for me is actually the cargo. Because the guns are never going to be good enough to be a gunship, but then if you use it as a gold runner, you'd have to use it empty, which for 12 points for two cargo is just a terrible deal, um, even with that ability. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's got two good attributes, but everything else is bad. Yeah. <laughs> and the two good attributes don't pair all that well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, HMS Greyhound is next. Uh, this I can see a, a as a dedicated Ford killer in a yeah. big game, yeah. but it's pretty it's vulnerable it. to be, uh, yeah, yeah, to being hunted down by a big fast ship. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I like it. It's kind of like a flavor, like scout ship, sort of, um, with a big base move LL. Um, you don't really have enough cargo to even do a helmsman, so a captain, and uh, yeah, just a fort wrecker, really. But not not very viable for smaller games at all. Um, mm-hmm. So now we're getting into English crew, Woods Rogers, uh, historical crew. Um, this one is actually not good at all. Um, you're basically <laughs> paying three points for plus one to cannon rolls against forts with an S of the ship, which is extremely situational and is better just on a ship like the Oxford as a nice little bonus at the end. Um, and then you're paying a couple points for plus one to cannon rolls against the pirates, which uh, is also very situational. Um, I will have to say, though, this guy was useful in Vassal Campaign Game 2 because I put him on... I, I can't remember which one, but I put him on a 10 master. It could have even been a custom or one of the... It, I don't know what it was, but uh, basically I attacked uh, Zarek through a whirlpool and... Um, Spoiler alert, but he had like a devil's maw. So I came at him through the whirlpool with a 10 master with this guy. And it was, and Derek's was the pirates in this game. So I got to use both of his abilities Ooh. on a 10 masted ship and get those, the bonuses on a bunch of cannon rolls rather than just like a few if it was a smaller ship. So, uh, other, th- I was actually stunned to use him, but there is one example of him being useful, like maybe the first ever, but probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lud- yeah, 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 
I'll look at it and I go, I'm never going to use this because yeah. I just don't play games that are big enough. Yeah, I haven't yeah. gotten bored with 40 points. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lieutenant Nigel Hardwick, uh, he's on the more expensive side of Marines and he's got a faction ability. I don't see him as something that I'd use. Yeah, me either. Um, uh, yeah, just same same thing, really, campaign games. I think I used him against the Americans in Economy Edition. Um, but other than that, I think I think Marines should have costed five points to begin with. And I kind of think the faction bonuses for the Marines should have either been free or mm-hmm. like not existent. Like maybe keep them at five as a base and then just put it in the flavor text. But... Um, but yeah, seven points yeah. for for a two S cannon is just ridiculous. So you could get like a ship, or there's sometimes two ships for that. So or yeah. for one point more, you could get yourself executioner. <laughs> yeah. You get yourself instead of one two S gun, two two L guns. Yeah, we could compare everything to executioner. <laughs> uh, yeah, you right. kind of have to though. Uh, yeah, for you. Because executioner is a common ship too. There's yeah. so many made that it's still easy to get. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, okay, so the next one, so Rockin's the foe. Just like the patch, uh, ignores train wind given move action for three points. Nothing we'd want to use on a crew. Uh, Link to Algiers is not really any good. So I guess with him, you could still fit a captain and helmsman aboard with the Link, but there's not much reason you'd really want to other than to say you did. So. Yep. And you can probably skip ahead to Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I could look at Robinson. Um, this one, he's one of those really confusing points where uh crew where um the crew don't cost points but they always take up a cargo space that was a lot of confusion i already talked about jonah in the last set review um mm-hmm. best use for him in terms of how common it is is generally the patagonia with micron so yep. you can get 10 points for um a double action anywhere in your fleet whenever you want it which is great uh but other than that and if really you want that. you can throw on administrator scott bradley yeah. Yeah, exactly. Take the, the whole five. setup's cost down to five. Yeah, essentially. Yep, exactly. Because you'll have a captain that helmsman somewhere else or whatever. So, other and than that, I haven't really used him much. It's but, not, in theory, it's not even vulnerable to losing, uh, to losing, uh, Mr. Bratley there because it'll never leave your home island, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've had a few, Derek and I have had a few weird situations, uh, in the Vassal tournaments where, the games are so close and down to the wire that you end up having like a one master ramming the Patagonia to try to get the <laughs> ransom gold. But, uh, but in most games that won't happen. So it's, it's more of a, more of a like last game ditch, last ditch effort. Yeah. Um, raft is up next. Uh, yeah, among events, this looks like one of the le- least useful ones, but I don't know. I'm not going to spend a point on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Um, kind of just like an insurance option. Um, the other thing is, it goes, the crew and gold go to the nearest wild island, and if uh, if they sink one of your ships, they could just pick it up right after. So, mm-hmm. even if they had cargo, so uh, it's all right. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't, it, yes. it can backfire on you, and it costs yeah. you points. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the next one, I love Ramsgate. This is the English fort uh, from Revolution. Um, it's my favorite fort in the game. Four points, it has five 3L cannons, but the key is that one of them has LL range. So it has really, um, it's just a really awesome ability. It's perfect for like the zone control strategy, as like people call it. Um, I made like a zone control fleet. Um, it's, it's 
it's not like ridiculously useful. It's it's more of a coolness factor, and uh, I just love like I like flotillas in a lot, and I like uh, the sniping ability, and this one just takes it to an extreme because it's on a fort, so you can have like a wide swath of like zone control sort of. So it's a lot of mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, if you broke rules regarding how close islands are allowed to be to each oh, other, yeah, I do that. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, if you were to go nuts with terrain density, then this would be especially valuable. Uh, Doubly so if placed in a really good spot. Um, I haven't used forts much because I'm still kind of gradually getting my playgroup into the, into the, I guess, uh, the intricacies of the game. Yeah. But this is one I can see myself using. Yeah. And then uh, I just remembered two weird combos with it. Basically, um, the floating turtles from uh, Savage Shores that mm-hmm. can move. Then you can have a cannon that moves a bit um, with the LR range. And then also, um, this one's more niche and like it's not that likely to work. But uh, but bad maps. Um, actually, I don't know if that would, one would work. Cause I don't know if you can have a fort built. But if you had house rules, you could use bad maps and like fling the island around. So uh, anyway. <laughs> Is that is that legal? Uh, well, I, don't, I think it would be legal, but I don't. I just realized bad maps. I think it gets played as soon as you discover it. So you wouldn't you wouldn't discover UT on an island where a fort already is. So I guess it wouldn't work. I guess you'd have to build the mm. fort after the island's moved. But if you moved the island, if you collaborated with like an opponent in like a multiplayer game, you could move the island closer to your opponent's home island and then build Ramsgate on it after it's been moved. And then have like a cannon that's like covers their home island, so they can't dock as much. I guess you could, yeah. I guess that would work, but it'd be tough I to make it work. So. That's known by small children as puppy guarding. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something that's truly evil fun that we should yeah. make sure that one of uh, the members of my play group, Tate, never hears about because we'll give him ideas. Yeah, don't link him to the podcast. Yeah, it might be too late for that because he already knows my name on uh, on miniature trading. But oh, nice. oh well, uh, <laughs> um, I'll hop onto La Santa Isabel, which is I think another that made the top ten schooners list. I keep saying that because it's an awesome ship uh, because it's got one of the most powerful abilities in the game. It's got an average armament that I guess you could call good by virtue of just having so many three L guns. It's got a great move. It's got huge cargo space, and it's a reasonable cost. Oh, and yeah. it's part of a pretty good faction, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I would say, one of the best ships overall in the game. Um, mm-hmm. and arguably... Um, one of the ones that's not like super cheese strategy kind of stuff like Banshee's Cry. Yeah, yeah, true. And I would say not quite, but probably almost on par with the Dark Hawk of the second as maybe the second best uh, four-masted um, Gold Runner overall for four-masters, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and then next, uh, La Cazadora. This one's a nice little support gun ship. I like this one a lot. I, th- I haven't used her a lot, but I think when I did, I was pretty successful. Um, has an ability that's good on smaller ships. Ramming can't eliminate the ship's mast. Is a two-master, solid speed, very good guns. The cargo's fine. Um, good good little support gun ship. Uh, not a lot to complain about for me. Mm-hmm. Um, comparing her to Executioner, as I'm obviously liable to do, um, she doesn't come in as favorably with cargo, but she does have a very useful ability uh, on a smaller ship, 
And I would argue that her mixed armament of 2L and 2S uh, is better than that of Executioner because Executioner is vulnerable to ships that have a ability that blocks L-range guns. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So this uh, thing is, in theory, capable of still fighting any ship that has the uh, that has one of those uh, certain range defense abilities. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, after La Cazadora is El San Jose, which is. Uh, it's one of those ships that's not quite memorable because it's 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 an empty gold runner, but it's kind of expensive considering all the other options there are. L'Intrepide, um, there's some French ship from yeah, there's some French ship from uh, Frozen North. I think that's basically uh, this. Yeah, Dijon. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Or I think it's maybe it's Dijon. Maybe. Oh yeah, I wouldn't know the pronunciation. Yeah, the mustard. So. It's the mustard. Yeah. Yeah. Mustard ship is um, <laughs> is basically this exact ship, but one point cheaper. Yeah, yeah. I like the San Jose. Um, she was an original ship for me from my back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good Spanish gold runner. Um, I like. It's kind of like uh, just like classic gold runner because it has good speed, cargo, bad guns, and a treasure ability. So it's just perfect for uh, for getting gold for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I would uh, argue. Uh, that the ability to have it affected by a cargo master and you know allowing you to drop in a helmsman does give her some more merit, but yeah, but still, you know, not the best of her type. Yeah, uh, the mm-hmm. next one, La Monarca. This mm-hmm. one is quite great. Um, I'm going to be kind of harsh. Um, I remember Wolf saying that um, it's kind of like the Gold Runner. It's not so bad that you feel like bad using it because it's like cheesy. But I feel like. Um, he and others have used it so much. I feel like it has kind of entered that realm. Um, I'm kind of sick of the ship. Um, I feel like she's overused. Uh, I think she's entered that cheesy realm <laughs> for me, at least. Um, it is a really good ship and it combos perfectly with, um, either version of, um, what's his face? Gosh, I can't remember now, but yeah, the, the guy from Rise of the Fiends, um, and a, maybe like a helmsman or an oarsman too, just for insurance and extra speed, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I tried to use this once as a flotilla tug. Yeah. Because in theory it does make for a pretty dang good one. Yeah. As uh as it's it's got basically the fastest base move in the game at 3S, uh solid cargo space and the ability to just drag around a flotilla at no expense to yourself makes it not only a stupid fast but capacious gold runner also one that you don't really want to attack even if yep. you can catch up to it yeah very good defenses yep mm-hmm. um next diego cesar olano another case of a, a too expensive marine yeah exactly he looks pretty crazy yeah uh, but yeah i remember being a little bit slightly scared by his picture uh, <laughs> back, back when i pulled him because i got him early on yeah, there's like in the portrait, there's like a shadow of his head, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, one of his eyes is popping out. I would think maybe if they did another version of him, he might be cursed, maybe. I don't know. Mm. Uh, anyway, the next one is Fortaleza Dorada, which we mentioned briefly earlier. Um, tied with the Devil's Maw for the most expensive uh, fort in the game with five gold. This one is fantastic. It's a really, it's like a defensive stronghold, has six cannons. Um, and L-range cannons cannot hit this fort, which is really great. 
Um, Is it six cannons? It's what? showing five on the miniature trading database. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The one I'm the one I'm looking at now has has all six. Yeah, it should hmm. be six. So I have. Uh, okay, the unlimited one's wrong then, because that's what I'm scrolling through. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm in the room where uh, Command the Oceans is, and where the Spanish are. And yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and it does have six. It has uh, two three L's and four three S's. So. Okay. Uh, basically, yeah, really great defensive stronghold. Um, a really cool fort to use. Outrange cannons are one of the best ways to take out forts. This one forces you to get up close, which is pretty dangerous because it has six uh, cannons to fire back at you. So. Yeah, the limited, uh, the fact that it limits which ships can engage it, uh, really just that really is a very strong ability that gives it extra providence. Uh, words I'm trying to come up with, but yeah, excellent for it. Um, Le Superbe, I had this ship, very pretty ship. I broke it. Uh, uh, I'm still disappointed about that. Somebody trade me one. <laughs> it compares pretty favorably to uh, Black Swan. Mm -hmm. uh, the ability is nothing great. We've seen this elsewhere. It's tough to use. But look at it for what it is. It's got a good move, great armament, solid cargo space, and it's not outrageously expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I've always loved this one. It's yeah, it's very beautiful. Just like a lot of the friendships we'll talk about, we'll probably say that mm -hmm. about all of them. But um, yeah, it's a really nice ability. Um, that complements the guns really good because uh, mm -hmm. using that ability with S range guns doesn't usually amount to a lot for me. Um, yeah, you're right yeah, about that. Yeah, it has pretty much good or great stats in all categories, pretty much. And then yeah, you could almost one. pair her with Lehercule or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea too. Yep. Yeah, pretty expensive though. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next one, the Soyo Royale. Um, this one is. You basically got that pronunciation right. Oh, really? Awesome. All right. <laughs> basically, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, anyway, uh, this one for me is like one of the quintessential five masters in the game because it has mm -hmm. average point cost cargo and move for a five master, very good cannons, and a nice ability to eliminate crew. It's also very pretty as well. The blue contrasts nicely with the red of Les Superb, and um, it's just a great, another great five master for the French, pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, because it's not really all that well endowed with uh, special strengths, which I kind of like when I'm going to use a five master. Like, if I'm going to put in the point investment to get a big ship, I want it to be a pretty special ship. Yeah. Uh, as a result, I don't think I'm really going to use a ship like this, but I can't deny that it's still one heck of a fighting force. Yeah, yeah, it's still a very good gunship. Mm -hmm. uh, La Vengeance is next. Uh, there may be a better way to pronounce that. Uh, Ability-wise, it's nothing special, but when you examine her as a four-mass schooner, she's pretty good, but she's not quite HMS Oxford or... Uh, or what was... Uh, the Neptune's Horde and yeah. Isabel. Yeah. Yeah. She's none of those. She's almost there, but not quite. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty good um, option for France. A good multi-purpose ship. Kind of like the Neptune's Horde, actually, but not as um, not as good at getting gold, but it's slightly better at fighting. So, just a really good hybrid overall. Uh, I would say the same thing about, about the next one, too, Le Leon. This one mm -hmm. uh, has less speed, but it has a big cargo hold. Um, plus one to More useful holes. ability. 
Yeah, this one is pretty good as, um, I like using her as a hybrid with an emphasis on raiding enemy gold runners for, for treasure. That's what I like it for. Yeah, I I always felt that boarding was kind of not as good a strategy as WizKids wanted it to be, but yeah. that hasn't stopped me from desperately wanting to use it as a strategy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Le Jeu, I think is how it's pronounced. Kind of interesting because that's a reasonably solid ability on uh, any size ship, really. Mm-hmm. Any above one, that is. And uh, I think when I look at it, it would be better if it were more expensive and one mass bigger. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I distinctly remember hating this ship when I first, uh, with my original collection, partly because I couldn't pronounce the name. I, <laughs> I mangled it like crazy. I said like Carago and like Kura and stuff like that which is bad, but, um, the Kakuju, wait, different set. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, uh, but over time I've realized that it's actually quite a good ship. It's good. Um, in any role, really a captain would be a solid crew. Just leave it as is got cargo and, uh, speed and guns to be a solid hybrid, but a nice defensive ability. So it's, it's mm-hmm. quite a good ship. It's just, it's one that I didn't used to like, but now it, I realized it is quite good. Um, yeah. It's one that I, I would want to see in action to kind of get a better feel for. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the next one, Adelante, this one, uh, uh, this one's pretty boring. Um, plus one in rolls against Force Vanessa. Um, pretty situational. The only, I don't know, nothing really stands out. The cargo maybe a tiny bit, and it's cheap, but there's just not really a lot to get excited about. Yeah, this is... It's actually about as basic a three mastery as you can get, yeah. isn't it? This almost looks like it could have come out of uh, Spanish Main if not for the schooner keyword. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, you could almost say it's uh, Revolution's Windjammer. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Because it has the same ability. But yeah, yeah, I don't think I'll ever use it. Yeah. La Belle Etoile. You're looking at. This <sighs> one's great. I mean, yeah, it does look like a uh, a solid multi-purpose three-master or hybrid, as you often call it. Yeah. Uh, although it doesn't really have... It's kind of weird because it doesn't have competitive armament in that class, mm-hmm. but it does have uh, one of the most powerful uh, gunship awesome. abilities. It does have excellent move and a very far above average hold. Yeah. Yeah, this one is, this is like what I refer to as like a stacked ship, because it has mm-hmm. like, it's just great um, in almost every category. The guns are oh, still only a tiny bit better than average, but... Um, just he's a world hater. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just it's just stacked, because it's, it's very good. It's probably one of the most like powerful or most like uh, most exciting three masters to use, because it packs a punch, and uh, it's quite quick, and it's uh, pretty solid as a hybrid, too, so it's it's definitely a classic one. Probably uh, an underrated hybrid. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Next one, La Bayonet. This one, uh, Ramming can eliminate the ship's mass, which is nice on a two-master. Um, I used to not like the ship. I used to a couple times, I think, and it was it was surprisingly decent. It's definitely not a very good ship, but uh, Captain Helmsman, um, I don't know. It, you're, it's not going to do a lot for you, but it's it might surprise you a tiny bit and do do okay. 
Yeah, this strikes me as the kind of ship where you only really use it when you want to go way off the beaten path. And then you'll get a few good cannon rolls and you'll remember, you know, you'll remember using it forever, but you won't use it again. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I think of when I look at it. Yeah. Um, La Dunne is next. Uh, My dad used this one not too long ago and joking around, he called it the Danny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say kind of funny. Um, Is this, would you say this is sort of like Bonnie Liz, but not as good? Yeah, definitely not with two less cargo. Yeah. Yeah. And is is this more expensive as well, or am I wrong? No, Bonnie Liz is eight, but it has SLSB okay. with five cargo, so it's a lot better. Yeah, so. Where's Bonnie Liz? Uh, Crimson Coast. I compared it to Bloody Jewel, which is even better than Bonnie Liz, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. I don't really. It's it's another ship I've had since it was that came out, but uh, it's pretty underwhelming. The the ability is really unnecessary because uh, well, uh, it's not that bad, I guess. But but the French already have decent named crew, and it doesn't have a lot of point space to be able to utilize some of the more interesting pirate options. Mm-hmm. And then uh, La Favori. This one is actually pretty cool, um, mostly because the defense ability the cargo space in the hold. So this one, this is kind of, I think this is part of the reason I think the Frolic should be a French ship because this is the same thing, but with three more cargo spaces for only one more point. So they, <laughs> WizKids totally screwed up the Frolic and should have made it more like this one. Um, I've kind of considered this one, she's not quite as good, but I consider this like the French answer to the Lady Provost, the English ship, because um, mm-hmm. it's very similar, just has one less cargo space for um, the L range cannot hit the ship versus Omayan reading. So it's, it's a good French gold runner, very expensive for how fragile it is. I mean, S range guns and ramming are pretty plentiful and popular, so it's not going to hold up well usually, but it's still, um, actually a kind of an underrated French gold runner just on the expensive side. Mm-hmm. A helmsman and oarsman would do this thing some favors, Yeah, but it's easily... I mean, if something comes after it and it does have L range guns, it's going to have to resort to ramming. And if it needs to ram, it's going to have to catch it up first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, La Felicite. Mm. <laughs> Too expensive for what it is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I find this ability kind of pointless because I feel like it could be eight or nine points with just two L guns and no ability. You know, because mm-hmm. that would be similar to the executioner. So I think yeah. the idea is that it's supposed to catch people off guard if they <laughs> don't read the card. But yeah. every time I play a game, because, you know, I'm still with pretty newer players who, yep. uh, who are still getting a feel for what ships are capable of. Yep. They read the flavor, not the flavor text, the ability text of every ship I pick. Yeah. <laughs> so. That would not come as a surprise to them, and they'd know to uh, to avoid it for that reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this one, the only thing I would say is, like, it's nice with the equipment, because you think you have a 2S cannon, but then it's L, so then you can use, like, the equipment versus the specialists are limited to S, but other than mm-hmm. that, um, pretty, kind of an expensive support gunship. Uh, moving on, uh, Le Pique, this one is really great. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, three cargo for five points, um, like the Lightning, but it's faster, SSS speed, and a, a good cannon 2S, which you can double um, with the sniping ability. 
I know people like this as a as like a sport gunship with like equipment or whatever. I actually like her as just an empty gold runner, and sometimes mm-hmm. with a flotilla uh, hooked up behind. Yeah, this is probably an ideal flotilla tug or yeah. flotilla or flotilla. I'm not actually sure how that's pronounced. Oh yeah, I I'm... looked it up. It is flotilla. I used to say flotilla all the time, but okay, flotilla. but it does look like a Spanish word. Yeah. So yeah, I absolutely can't blame you there. Yeah. Only reason why I said is flotillas because I've heard it as that yep. in uh, in battle stations, but. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, you're right. This is an ideal flotilla tug because it's super fast and it has uh, the ability to complement its own range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you know, just with the captain, of course, that would be simple yeah. and really good. It's also very obviously a solid gold runner yep. because it's if you compare it to an awesome ship like uh, Lunetrepide, mm-hmm. it has less cargo space, but you do get a faster move at the uh, at the same point cost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's quite nice. Considerable for... I wouldn't use it plain as a gunship, though, because it's yeah. just not durable enough. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, Le Bon Marine... Yeah, the French got some really good uh, one-masters in this set. Yeah. Le Bon Marine, again, I'm going to compare it to uh, Le Intrepide because uh, one of my favorite empty gold runners, just because it's mm-hmm. simple and effective, mm-hmm. and it's not Banshee's Cry. Mm-hmm. Uh this is basically that ship with one less mast and for one more point, but you do get the uh, explorer ability for free. Yep. Doesn't take up any uh, space. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best um, gold runners. I think it's one of the most perfect gold runners because you don't need any crew. Just send her out as is, and it's just like a perfect uh, gold ship pretty much. Sometimes mm-hmm. I would put a helmsman aboard to make it even faster, but you don't always need that, so... Mm-hmm. All right, so next one, uh, La Fontaine, uh, ZRLR uh, re-roller crew for the French, so that's good. Um, they got, like, at least two of these, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you can skip ahead past yeah, Philippe Amke because he's another terrain ignorer. Yeah, yep, another three-pointer. Again, I don't mm-hmm. really don't want to use them. Um, uh, so. Guy Laplante, or whatever, however you pronounce it. Laplante, I think. Okay, Laplante. Um, oh, and, and quick quick correction, because I'm just going to be this anal about it. Uh, Le Pique earlier, it, I can, the only reason why I think it's not Le Pique or Le Pique yeah. is because there was a Formula One driver by the name of Nelson Pique who had a T on the end of his name, which oh, was silent. So that's okay. why I think it's Le Pique. Yeah. Anyway, head and tree yeah. over. Let's talk about Guy Laplante. Yeah, yeah, I would never know. <laughs> um, this guy... Uh, he get he's similar to Woods Rogers. He gets plus one to can rolls against sports with an S. Um, the second ability, plus one to boards, is a little bit better than plus one against pirates, mm-hmm. but uh, still a very niche crew. The two things I'll say about him, ship too. yeah, yeah, he's linked to a good ship. Um, the two things I'll say is it's one of the coolest and most interesting uh, crew portraits in the game. The artwork is really interesting. Freaking um, flaming swords! I know they're like glowing or something. It's like golden or something. And uh, and also he's uh, he's playing a pretty big role right now in Command of the Oceans, my campaign game. The French are using him as like a diplomat aboard uh, a four master, and uh, he's getting into some interesting action so far. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out and what his uh, what his adventure ends up being in that game. So anyway, that reminds me of something uh, real quick. 
commenting on this card's art, he's got kind of this devilish grin on his face. Yeah. And because I'm juvenile, uh, I once saw this very card, you know, with this artwork listed on eBay for $4.20. So, of course, I took a super zoomed in screenshot of Guy Laplante's face staring at the price going, basically making my face over it because uh, I guess I'm immature. Uh, Michel Bordeaux. Uh, another seven-point marine. Can I skip talking about that? Yeah, Actually, cool. why don't you talk about mermaids? Oh, yeah. No, I don't even want to. I think everybody knows by now I hate them. My least favorite game piece. And uh, they should be banned. And I don't even use them in uh, Vassal Tournaments 1 and 2, which Xerix and I are doing. Um, we're using events in that except for mermaids and uh, Favor of the Gods. Because even those, I can't even... Even in, like, tournament play, I can't even handle them. So, just... Nope. Yeah, I I don't think I'm ever going to use events just because I've heard how much damage they can do to do to the game. Yeah. Uh, Father Rene Bordeaux is another crew saver for five points. He's for the French. Does he give you a link? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, he's uh, linked to, uh, um, I guess, his brother, maybe? Mm. Uh, the Marine you just talked about or didn't oh yeah so basically two crew i'm not super enthusiastic about yeah exactly linked wonderful <laughs> uh so instead let's talk about parody de la mer oh yeah this is a great one uh Possibly the greatest for it yeah yeah i would say definitely the best sport in the game um just mostly the ability is just overpowered i think it would have been a lot better with just this ship ignores the first or the sport ignores the first hit it takes with all the flags, yeah. or maybe mm-hmm. um, maybe the first time the sport is shot at um, all game, um, and then you have to like take the results in half or whatever, or like it it can't exceed three or something. I don't know, some kind of cap on it, rather than yeah. getting a six. And then you know, I don't know, like what'll happen is you'll you'll get a six. And then you can't damage it. And then when your opponent's about to win, you'll roll the one. But then by then it's too late. So it's just annoying. Yeah. I mean, I've tried a couple times to find ways to use like Davy Jones to copy this ability, but it, it doesn't allow it because it's only for crew and ships, not forts. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If you got this on a ship, that'd be insane. <laughs> get this on El Corzado. Yeah. Or a 10 map. Yeah. That'd be oh, game yeah. breaking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, the Americans Bonhomme are here. Rich- yeah, Bonhomme Richard. Um, oh, I've I've got some weird uh, stories about this ship. Uh, one of which is I, because I was one of the weird kids and not very well socialized, I boasted openly on um, like my class portrait thing in fifth grade about owning this ship. Oh, okay. <laughs> like nobody else in my class gave a shit about the game, but you know, it's like yeah. things uh, things about James. He owns Bonhomme Richard, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, um, yeah, I, I got the ship out of a pack, and because, you know, it was John Paul Jones' ship, and as I mentioned earlier, John Paul Jones was freaking hero of mine in fifth grade. Yeah. Um, I was ever so excited to get the ship, and I think my brother broke it, and I didn't forgive him for years. But, wow. Wow, but I eventually got another, and, uh, <laughs> and now everything's better. Ish. Yeah, nice. Yeah, my, my little, I don't have nearly as good a story, but my, speaking of broken, uh, my copy of this one arrived um, from another person who evidently played because it was broken, but not badly at all. The hull is like 
splintered out a little bit, but they were able mm-hmm. to keep it intact, so it's not totally doesn't look too bad. Um, this one was sunk in uh, Command the Oceans by the Pirates, um, but it's definitely a good gunship. Um, pretty, just very good attributes in pretty much all categories, so a yeah. very good ship there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is a really solid ship, although uh, John Paul Jones as a crew, um, I may be talking about him too early, uh, is kind of just an inferior version of um, Ocean's Edge version of Montana Maze. Yeah, yeah, that's a good he, point. He's the yeah. same crew, but he's only linked to this ship, which is kind of disappointing because I used him oh, on this point. ship and just him, maybe with a helmsman, yeah, I think. I used John Paul Jones and a helmsman on this ship, and it was not amazing, amazing, but I did, when this ship was surrounded, get the extra action roll at just the right time and sink two ships in one turn. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, that's cool. Anyway. Right. The next one, uh, Constitution, one of the best uh, gunships in the game. I talked about it in my top 10 gunships thread at Miniature Trading. Um, this one pretty much tied with the Accorzado. Um, as the best um, gunship in the game in terms of like a one, uh, like a versus or one v one basis, um, it's not the best gunship for forty points, um, but it's it's the most durable pretty much along with the Corzado, and um, it, oh, it's it, one rung below El Corzado because the Americans don't get that crew that allows you to deny the first hit. Yeah, yeah, Joaquin Vega, yeah, yeah, he's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's point more for. Less cargo. Yeah, I do prefer the Accorzado, even though she's slower. Um, pretty similar. But yeah, just an amazing ship, really. Mm-hmm. Um, comparing Constitution to Accorzado, um, statistically, you're getting... You're basically getting the same ability on the same size ship for one less point, and you get more uniform armament. Mm-hmm. But uh, it comes at the cost of... You lose out, obviously, on Joaquin Vega. You lose one cargo space, mm-hmm. and your guns lose a little bit of accuracy in the favor in the in the name of range yeah. um the americans don't really have all that many uh great abilities exclusive to them and the whole cargo master thing that advantage that this ship has the spanish have too yeah so constitution just barely plays second fiddle to uh to el Corazado. Mm-hmm. um and uh Next, we've got United States. Is uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, that's just bad? You can admit it. I, I'm not sure. Here's uh, I don't want to call it bad <laughs> on an emotional level, but I'm yeah. but I can't be honest by calling it good yeah. because it's not on the cheap end for a five masted ship. It's got an overpriced ability. It's slow. It has average armament and, you know, kind of an unfitting ability given yeah. its mix of range and kind of lack of accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the flavor text is funny because it says, uh, speed doesn't matter when she catch she catches you in her devastating guns. It but, does uh, in this game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you're not uh, going to catch anything with a speed. So it's kind of funny, but, uh, yeah. I feel like there are enough, like, there have probably been multiple games played in the history of this game where it has caused somebody who thought, oh, it's a crap ship, and then decimated them, but... Yeah, I think, it, I don't... It, it should be underestimated, but it's not great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I've only used it a couple times. Um, one time when I used it, I think 
Uh, it got like pinned by a squid, and then the, I think I want to say the first broadside attack, <laughs> and then the next one hit, and it knocked the squid out of the water. So that was fun. But uh, just but, fun. yeah. Um, but basically, the biggest problem: the cargo space and the base move are base are are both terrible, even for five masters. So it totally mm-hmm. cripples the ship, and you can't really do much from there. Uh, the yeah. next one, though, the Enterprise is the opposite. So basically, out of the out of the four or five masters the Americans got in the set, three are good or fantastic, and then one is not good at all, really. The Enterprise is another great one, and arguably the best in terms of like most games people play. Um, very yeah. similar to the Titan, gets an extra action built in as a great ability. Um, all it's two S guns, very is... good speed, um, good cargo with five and eighteen points. Um, this was actually my second five master I pulled. Um, and it's just been a classic for me, and just one of the better one of the better gunships in the whole game, really. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that they never had a Captain Jean-Luc Picard linked to this ship. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm being kind of silly with that, but the Enterprise basically is um, is HMS Titan with a couple small tweaks. Um, it's one point more, but it gets a better base move at the expense of losing the uh, the range. L-range guns. Yeah. Um. And it also reminds me, I have a sort of theory that all the early American ships are tweaked versions of some of the other factions' good ships. Because Enterprise is HMS Titan. Constitution is El Corzado. Um, I'm sure I can find some examples for Bonhomme Richard and maybe Roanoke. Yeah, Yeah, they are quite similar, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But aside from... I guess Bonhomme Richard is kind of basically Le Superb, isn't it? Uh... Kind of, yeah, a little bit. Ish. I might have to scroll up to check that. Somebody uh, leave in the comments whether or not that's true. But uh, what about freedom? Uh, this one, I like this one. Uh, plus one that can't roll against pirates isn't amazing, but the pirates are the best faction, so it's nice. Um, the speed is pretty much the best asset, because the points, the cargo, and the cannons are all about average, so it's pretty good. If the speed was any less, it wouldn't stand out at all. But as is, it's it's a solid gunship. Obviously, better options, but not not a bad one at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have this idea in my head that the Americans sort of do as one of their best things: four-masted, multi-purpose hybrid ships. Uh-huh. This is almost evidence in favor of that, but all the other factions have better options yeah. of this kind. Yep. So. That theory doesn't hold up quite as well. Uh, next is Louisiana, another American for our massive schooner. Um, uh, you're looking at something that's got pretty good armament, you know, good cargo space. Yeah. Uh, but not uh, useful, but not awesome ability. It looks like it should be a good hybrid, but for a couple of reasons, it just kind of falls short. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. I've always um, have a, had a soft spot for this one because this is another original ship for me. I like how it's uh, unique. This one stands out to me. The cargo speaks to me. Uh, the Cursed Blade, actually, same cargo and speed, but a d- different kind of ship. Um, Louisiana is more offensive. Um, I kind of like how the cannon has a random 4S in the back just to make it like weird. Mm-hmm. It kind of stands out. And yeah, with yeah that ability, that's more interesting. Yeah, the ability is uh, pretty offensive, but then... With the cargo, it's good enough to be a solid hybrid. So lately, I've used it as more of a gold runner in the campaign games, but um, but in regular games, it would be a pretty solid hybrid and one of my favorite American ships. Uh, continuing, mm-hmm. the Saratoga is another good one. Um, 
you'll notice uh, the Americans really loved their schooners a lot. We, they got a ton of them in this set, and they had a lot of other good ones. I've always thought the Americans were one of the best factions for three- and four-masted schooners. Um, they just have so much good quantity. Um, not Gold Eagle. Yeah, yeah, not that one. <laughs> um, but sometimes it's hard to even pick uh, between their four-masted schooners because you see Freedom, Louisiana, Saratoga, and then the Hudson. The USS Hudson, SCS. yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's so many good options. And then even the Grampus from MI is decent. Um, but anyway, Saratoga has really good speed. The cannons are good. They get worse towards the back, but they're still good. Um, speed is pretty much the greatest asset here, um, similar to the Freedom. This one, um, I find a little bit more offensively minded than the Freedom because it's a little more expensive as a boarding bonus and uh, a couple of really nice 2S cannons at the front. So a, a good gunship. Yeah, this this strikes me as kind of the ship you sail straight at your enemy and then you board them with. Mm-hmm. Um Ideally, I would put um, OE Montana Maze on board and maybe a Helmsman. Yeah. Because then you'll just basically chase people down and board them, shoot them, take the treasure, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, Yankee, not as well armed as any of the others. Cheaper, yeah. not with the most useful ability. I uh, guess, okay, cargo space, not awesome. Yeah, no, I don't really like this one because the other ones are great or they stand out, and this one just doesn't have anything exciting about her. So I've never really it's, been a fan of this one. The flavor text is it hypes the ship up a lot for yeah, a it's ship weird. that's yeah. not great. Yeah, I've noticed that with other ones, like this ship cannot be pinned. Um, they a lot of those ships have like these crazy flavor texts, but mm-hmm. or sometimes like uh, I forget which one. I can't remember if it's like reverse captain or some ability um, yeah, in the flavor text. It's supposed to be like a really fast ship. Like they make it sound like it's extremely fast when it has reverse captain. Then it, the speed is like hell. Mm-hmm. So it's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So now we're into Jarvis. Yeah. We're into three masted American schooners now, which similar to the four masters are fantastic. The Jarvis and the Boston were two of my original ships from my collection back in the day. And uh, this one is quite good. L immunity to L range guns, um, very good speed. Um, the cannons are solid. It it is quite expensive, I will say, to be used as a three massive gunship. But um, if you can afford it, it's still quite a good option. Yeah, um, I mean it's better than Gold Eagle. Yeah. Uh, of course. It's it is really really expensive for a three mast. Um, I found that American ships don't really tend to get cheaper as they get smaller. Yeah. Not that much anyway. <clears throat> yeah, this is it's good, but because it just doesn't combine enough really strong abilities for its price, I can't see myself using it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Carolina is one of the few good cheap American gold runners. Yep. Um I I'm not even sure if she officially has a schooner keyword printed on her, which she should. But, uh, you know, paired with a cargo master in the fleet and then a helmsman, you've got a pretty, I guess, forgettable, but really pretty reasonably solid, reasonably priced gold runner. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite a good ship. One of their few, like, purpose-built gold runners. I remember Uh Wolf talking about how, and I've noticed this too, Opinions on the ship have really 
gotten better over time, as I've noticed. Like, people used mm-hmm. to think the ship was terrible, like, no ability, the guns are bad for the most part. But you've got to use her for gold, mostly, and you shouldn't really put a captain aboard, because this ship will be one of their best yeah. cheap uh, gold running options. So It doesn't have guns meant for war. It's not a warship. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, people mm-hmm. have... Uh, People have come around on this ship over time, which is nice to see. Apparently, people were really hard on it. And I think you I want to say, can I get come about on it? What? You mean people have come about on it? Oh, yeah, that too. Yep. <laughs> and I think I want to say, Cadet Captain Mike used to say that too, that he used the ship effectively, but other people didn't like it. But it's definitely proved its worth over time. Mm-hmm. And then next is Boston, like the Jarvis, one of my original ships. Um, this one, ports can't hit the ship. Uh, that's the only, well, the, the speed is good too, but the ability is the only thing that really makes it stand out because a lot of these other schooners have SL speed. So other than a fort wrecker, it's a very average and simple three-masted gunship. Um, so unless you're going to need to need a fort wrecker, not much reason to use this compared to the others. Mm-hmm. Like the band, as you described it, uh, simple and not in average. <laughs> Yes, I'm taking the chance to talk smack about music there. Julius Caesar, um, kind of, this thing is basically pride, but for a point less, isn't it? A uh, point more. Pride is a point more. Oh, you're right. Oh, wait, oh, Whoops. this one has. Oh, pride is three cargo. I just remember too. Yeah. Okay, so a point more, but you do get more cargo, so yeah. better argument for it as a hybrid. Yeah. But it still suffers from the same problem as Pride in that it's not quite good enough as a warship. Yeah. Yeah, I like this ship. Um, kind of have a soft spot for it with that extra cargo. This is the type of ship I use, like Captain Helmsman and then maybe Fire Shot or, or uh, Stinkpot Shot, something to take advantage of those L-range guns, which I just love. I kind of mm-hmm. overrate L-range guns a little bit compared to S-range. Just I just have like mm-hmm. a soft spot for them. Um, but yeah, I think it's a cool ship. Definitely a fun one. And it looks pretty cool, too, like a lot of the other ships in this set. Uh, the next mm-hmm. one, Rattlesnake. Um, arguably the best American uh, cheap gold runner, at least. Uh, only five points for five cargo, so that's amazing. And um, it's just for a homes on board. Yep, and just run gold and you're good. So. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a cargo master in your fleet, you can justify dropping an explorer in there, too. Yeah, or even a captain, in a way. Maybe it's got good enough guns at yeah. its price. Yeah, it's a uh, hybrid. Although with the negative ability, you'd have to avoid certain engagements. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right, Hannah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst ships ever released. It's one of those, uh, you know, proximity cannon roll boosters, which are so hard to use that they're just kind of absurd. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That's a good reason. I'm, I'm sure that. Ships like this have some utility in huge campaign oh, games. exactly. Yep, I was about to mention, it's in Command the Oceans, and the Americans are trying to you use know, it, I, so... I kind of wonder if this would make a good flotilla tug, actually. Yeah, yeah, the speed, that's what I was going to say. I don't, think it's one of the worst, I don't think it's one of the worst ships released just because the speed is so good. LL is amazing. <laughs> and also with that ability, you could get... With that speed, you could get to an engagement really quick to get that bonus um, yeah. within a turn. But yeah, and the, the other really cool thing is... The flotilla, the flotilla will be considered a friendly ship because it's considered a ship for gameplay purposes, yeah. so it gets the bonus. So, so really if you cool. put Minuteman on the back of this, which I think is the only American yeah. flotilla, yep. um, you've got you know extended range on 3L guns instead of 4L, and then yep. you've got extended range on 1S guns. Yep. 
exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'd argue that if you put, say, um, if you put sat and re-roll on this, mm-hmm. you've got a super fast, uh, basically flotilla. Yeah. It'd be really expensive in that setup, but yeah. I'm actually kind of glad that I found a viable use for this ship, which is one of the most hated ships out there, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a solid use. And yeah, the Americans are going to try to use it um, in Command of the Oceans. They've actually launched the Seminole as well, which is a ship from Frozen North. It's a one-master with only L-speed that has the same ability for like 13 points. So it's actually a worse oh, no. ship. But yeah. they're going to try to use both because they just have... You know, they've spent like a thousand plus gold in the game, so <laughs> might as well. So, <laughs> Actually, wait, I do kind of wonder, if you were towing uh, a ship like this, does the bonus apply? Uh, I don't see why not, because it doesn't need masts to be active. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's true. It's not an action of, course, of any kind. You yeah. wouldn't want to lose it to an enemy. Yeah, that makes then sense. They can, they can yeah. tow it into battle, and oh, this is... <laughs> Yeah. It is getting done, but yeah. I'm glad we found a use for that. Yeah. I mean, with Helmsman Oarsman, too, even if this ship is derelict, with well, with the Helmsman Oarsman, you could row over to another ship and get the bonus one last time before she sinks or something. So, mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay, so the next one is the Hornet. Um, I don't Why don't you get an say. exciting ship to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really have much to say, though. It's just kind of boring to me. Um, I don't think I've used it yet, so hopefully I'll put it in uh cto but not yeah yeah so it's i mean we've already talked about how many good options there are at this price for two mastered ships in this set yeah or yeah like the Jupiter, executioner blows it out of the water yeah. like yeah. immediately yeah literally uh and <laughs> carolina too one point cheaper and makes for a better gold runner yeah and philadelphia i get to talk about this one yeah this uh has the same ability as i want to say is it Harbinger or Deliverance from Spanish Maine? Oh, Harbinger. Okay, Harbinger. But this ship is significantly cheaper and faster. Mm-hmm. This thing is kind of hard to use in a small game, yep. but it's incredibly good in a big game. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun, definitely. Because the second you derelict an enemy ship, Philadelphia can swoop in and target the most valuable derelict enemy ship. Yeah. And then exactly. it's instantly yours. Yeah. Um, yeah, have you I, gotten experience with this ship? Yeah, yeah, I played a game against uh, Repkozai in miniature trading, and I think I narrowly won like eighty-five to eighty-one in gold or something. It was like a hundred points. Oh, it, yeah, it was like it was a circle of blood game, and uh, I used this. I, I don't know if it was this or the New Orleans from South China Seas. I, I think it was one of them. Um, I I actually used a ship in that game called the Ship Stealing Fleet, where I used all five ships and Commander Temple with this ability in one fleet, and uh, I managed to capture Black Pearl and work it to my home island, like, at the end, which took, which was good. I don't know if that was the biggest reason I won, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, I pulled out a narrow victory with that fleet using this ability as, like, the theme of that fleet. So it's, it's definitely fun. Um, and it, it can be a little bit tough to pull off because you still have to explore the ship so you might want to have like an extra action crew. Sometimes that can come in handy. But overall, um, it's definitely a, a really fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, uh, Flying Fish. Uh, pretty pretty average. Uh, good speed, but other than that, not much to say. This one attacked the pirates in Command the Oceans. The pirates captured her, and then the Americans have now recaptured her. And uh, we'll see if she gets in any more fights eventually. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just another ship that's super forgettable and not really worth using unless you have to. Yep. Um, which, and looking at Wasp, the next ship, brings me to a point that I wanted to mention. I'm not sure the Americans really do have any good small ships. Yeah, they have some, but they're a lot fewer and farther between than like three-masted schooners, four-masted schooners, and five-masted square rig. Those are their, their three strengths, I would say. Yeah, it's very rare that that they have good two-masted or one-masted ships. Yeah, yeah, like Rattlesnake and the Native Canoes are pretty much the best ones. Yeah, Wasp is just bleh. Uh, yeah. So you want to talk about Peacock? Yeah, yeah, I like Peacock. Um, can be pinned, really good speed, solid guns. I like... Uh, Probably my favorite combo is Captain and then a Firepot Specialist for that 2S cannon. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, you could put a Helmsman on to make it super fast. It'd be good mm-hmm. with a Flotilla Captain and maybe like an Oarsman. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I've used it and I look forward to using it again. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. This ship's biggest problem, though, yeah. is that it's not Raven. Another uh, bird named ship at, yeah. I think, the same price, right? Yeah, yeah, it's ten, but it has twice the okay. cargo. So, yeah, and same move and better firepower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Peacock is the budget Raven, which is probably not something that makes sense in any other context. <laughs> um, Chesapeake, uh, it's one of those ships that would be a good support gunship if you couldn't basically disable one master chips with easy grams yeah exactly it's it's tempting because the gun the speed and the ability are perfect as a sport gunship but then you have to spend at least 10 points with the captain so it just it becomes yep. obsolete pretty quickly the next one um i would say the opposite though the lynx is pretty cool um seven points gets you three spaces um it when it carries no cargo, it gets plus S to her base move, so you're best using her as an empty gold runner. You don't have to think about any crew options. It's a really simple ship to use. Basically, just go out at SSS, uh, grab three coins, and come back at S plus S, and it's a pretty solid American gold runner compared to their other stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you have the cargo master in play in your fleet, it actually becomes really pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, after Lynx is Harlequin. Harlequin, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's like a French root word or something. Blah, 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 blah. Here I go with etymology again. Uh, this is uh, We already talked about this ability earlier. Yeah. It's not really a good ability. Um, and as a two-masted ship that looks like it's supposed to be... Uh, sorry, one-masted ship that looks like it's supposed to be a support gunship, too expensive and not effective enough. Yeah. Yeah, she reminds me of Chesapeake, but more expensive. Like, you could yep. have that extra cargo space at maybe 8 points with the same 2L gun with no ability, but I don't know why this ability is overpriced like that, but oh well. Yeah. Uh, John Paul Jones, we already talked about. Um, even with Montana Maze being a little better, um, he's still viable, especially in larger games, like 100 points or more, because SAT mm-hmm. and Crew Camp eliminated very, very good uh, named crew combo for a monster gunship, and he's got a good link to a good gunship. Um, but I'll just go to the next one, too. Commodore David Porter. This one, uh, Link to the Freedom, which is a good ship we reviewed earlier. One of the mm-hmm. good four-masted schooners, solid gunship. This guy has got broadsides attack with the captain ability. Um, not something I would seek out, but maybe on a ship. I'm trying to think of American two-masters with 2S guns, like the New Orleans, maybe, but 
Uh, I'd argue this could be a pretty good one on Enterprise. Yeah, maybe. I just don't like risking all the uh, everything on one roll. You're me. probably right, but but yeah, I mean, I don't think I'll ever use that combo just because of how expensive it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like like Xerix and his brothers. I remember. I feel like they've gotten good broadsides attack rolls. Like if you read their battle report, it's like sometimes the ship will get like four or five BAs in a row. And then I'll, Oof. but if I do it, I'll get like one out of four. So it's just not worth it for me. You know? mm-hmm. Um, next is Jonathan Harridan, uh, basically captain and reroll pairing, which yeah, is, awesome. it's a really good general purpose yeah. setup for just about any warship. Yeah. I've noticed he's super essential for the Americans cause they don't have many reroll abilities. Wayne Nolan mm-hmm. is a limit crew, but, uh, he's yeah, you're super, right. he's super important for them. He combos perfectly with their, you know, surplus of crew like John Paul Jones, Montana Mays, the other version of Montana Mays. Um, um, the reroll per- combos perfectly with the SAT and the S- extra action abilities. So it's a it's a great combo for any other five masters specifically. Mm-hmm. And then uh, to, I don't know Kikawa, yeah, uh, another three Kikawa. point terrain more. Yeah, nothing to say there. Uh, Carl, Carl Smith. He's one of my least points. favorite crew ever. So uh, yeah. he's terrible. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's double the price of Spanish main crew with the same ability. He does have a linked crew, doesn't he? Yeah, but that's even but it's worse. not a great crew either. It's, it's worse. Or well, not yeah. really. Maybe it's worse. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, Diamond Nelson Turner. Uh, yeah. I just I remember nah. he was one of my least favorites, but then I got the canceller version. I was like, oh, now I'll use him. So, but yeah, the yeah. trading treasure with an S for three points. I think it could be one, and it wouldn't really see much use. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe even zero. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's already taking up a cargo space. That's cost yeah. in its own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Commander Albert Crenshaw. All the ship's cannons have L range. Uh, it's an interesting ability, but yeah. again... It's expensive enough that on the ships where it would have some use, it's probably still too expensive to be worth choosing over um, some other established better crew. Yeah, yeah. Drop this on Minuteman, that uh, that uh, flotilla. It's still of very limited use. Yeah, the I try to use these on um, bigger ships with like a lot of S range cannons, like. Um, like, if you get to get them on, like, the Zeus and make all 10 cannons 3L instead of 3S, you get a big mm-hmm. range bonus. But if you use them on something, like, smaller than four masts, it's not really worth it. I could see maybe Enterprise, because you could still fit a yeah. bunch of other crew, and then you'd or have Thomas Jefferson instead of 2S. But other than that, pretty pretty limited usage. Yeah, uh, Thomas Jefferson is another good one for it. Which one? Uh, Thomas Jefferson from oh, yes. yeah, that's South China Seas. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that in a later review. Yeah, I love that ship. Anyway, um, King George, the dog, uh, nothing special. But he's a good boy. Really. Yeah, four points. Should be he's two. a good boy. Yeah, it should be two points. <laughs> uh, he should be two points, but he's still a good boy. Hacksaw Riley, uh, just another five-point doctor, crusader, blah, blah, blah. So let's move on to Foul Winds. Uh, mm, yeah, this is way too complicated for me to really understand at this time of night, and it's a little bit too 
expensive. Considering no, no, the no, other event. No, it's way too cheap. No, it's ridiculous. I mean, well, considering the other events. Yeah, it should be like six plus points. Um, but yeah, being able to move the other ships, you basically become God and control the weather. So I don't really like that aspect of it in terms of like yeah. how it's realistic. But um, oh well. But yeah, and and yeah, this would be another one that if the islands were closer together, it would be more powerful too. Um, yeah. And then it, it would be interesting in multiplayer games to try to negotiate like an alliance because it's chosen by the player to the left. So you could try to like you could try to like persuade them to not do bad things to your ships. But anyway, yeah. Um, Ralph David, oh, this one's great. Uh, we've already talked about the plus two gold ability and how it's one of the best in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I would pay five plus points for it. So to get it for three is a great bargain. I would say um, I actually want to bring a little more attention to him because ralph david revolution version is not one i see mentioned a lot everybody knows about the rise of the fiends version it seems like because he's eternal for one point but mm-hmm. um this one is fantastic uh, you get almost great every movies. iteration of him is really good yeah and uh except for yeah, barbary coast yeah and the Amer- the americans don't have many um many cases of this ability on any of their ships or crew so he's a really valuable one for them yeah, it is a really rare ability. Um, I think Spanish have Spanish it, have a ton of them, sure. yeah. yeah. I'm not sure any other factions do. Um, yeah, the Genny Gallows has it for the pirates. Okay, yeah, other you're factions right. have it sometimes, but on crew, it's it's pretty pretty rare and valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becalmed. Oh, man. This strikes me as something you can basically use to, uh, if if you got a battle group coming at you, you just drop that in there and you give yourself a turn of free time. Yeah, yeah, but it becomes really overpowered because you can drop it, um, like right by an enemy's home island. If you just drop it right next to them, Ooh, if you yeah. go first, you basically at just start get, of the game. Yeah, you just get two turns. They can't go, so it doesn't work. Yeah, it's totally OP. That plus um, do that and also have, uh, what is it, Uh, a Lord Micron cheese set up. Yeah, yep, exactly. This actually almost ruined Vassal Tournament number two for a short time (laughs) because uh, Xerix and I, there was a fleet, um, I think it was called Quick Wins the Game, unless I'm mistaking it for something else. But um, basically, um, we forgot about the rule that you can only play one event at the beginning of each of your turns. Oh, so we were flipping. I see where this is going. Yeah. So basically we were flipping Becalmed and Hidden Cove on the same turn. So then basically you froze the other fleet and got two turns with the advantage of Hidden Cove. So the other, so that fleet dominated through like the first two rounds of the tournament. And it was like, I think it was like one win away from going to the semifinals or the finals. And then, uh, and then like, I was looking up some like obscure pirate code thing about like like measuring distances like in fog banks, which you can't do or whatever. And then I saw the thing about the events play like one at the beginning of each of your turns. I was like, oh god! And then so we had to redo it. And then this fleet like lost immediately. It got like blown out in two games. So so we called this like really OP. But as long as uh, you don't use it on the same turn as in Cove, it's it's not always an automatic win, even though it can be sometimes, especially if you go first. You're not allowed to have multiple the same event in a fleet, no. are you? No, they okay. still follow no duplicates. But there okay, is a minute. Good, because otherwise, if you're able to play like four or five of Becalmed and give yourself a yeah. bunch of free turns. Yeah, that'd be the worst. But there is a. You can. 
sort of do that if you farm a mysterious island because there's one cool. island that lets you bring in an event from outside the game. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awful. <laughs> yeah, but you know, with mysterious islands, you've also got the risk of having something yeah. else go badly wrong. So yeah, yeah. Um, Ruth Lee. Uh, another two point reducer and linked with Kikawa. That's not a very useful link. <laughs> not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's one thing I haven't really talked about yet. But Revolution, the set is great. You know, a, a lot of people love it for good reason. But although the ships are great, a lot of the name crew are not. Like, we've gone over mm-hmm. so many crew that are mediocre. That's one of the things I think is forgotten about the set. And this just kind of proves it. The Americans are introduced in this set. And other than those first three, most of their name crew are pretty terrible for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, including, uh, never mind. Uh, what's the next one? Kristen Jefferson. Um, Esquire. Yeah, whatever, that, whatever that's supposed to be for. Um, yeah, basically a trading treasure trader. It's his favorite magazine. So, yeah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I wouldn't really seek it out. I'd rather just have it built into a ship. But. Yeah, that's not the kind of thing that I go out of my way to use. Yeah. Uh, Thompson's Island, not so well armed. Uh, I guess it's on the cheaper side for forts. But, I mean, well, you could dock Hannah at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, does that even technically have an effect on this fort? No, because it wouldn't be considered a ship, so. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, just like your Davy Jones combo with Paradis. Yeah. Yeah, I've come up with a lot of things with Davy Jones that don't actually work. <laughs> It's still a good fort, though. Um, it's important just because it's the Americans' only fort, so at least they got one. But other than mm-hmm. that, it's not. It doesn't really stand out compared to other forts. So. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So we get to the UTs now. Uh, weapons is pretty cool, actually. This ship gets plus one to boarding rolls for every crew on her. So unlike gun and uh, sword or whatever it is from Caribbean, this one plus one to every crew. So you could you could really get a big bonus. It also strikes me those such uh, such a niche use item yeah. because uh, instead of getting a flat bonus, if your empty gold runner finds this, yeah, great, you could have had gold if you didn't put that in play. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the type of thing where you want to put it on a ship with like Bonnie Peel or a Captain Nemo or like a Ten Master or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, fruit is next. <laughs> So weird. Uh, oh, why? <laughs> why? This, you know, if anything, this one strikes me as negative. It says that it's supposed to kind of, uh, so it's supposed to defend against another unique treasure. Yeah. But the odds of that, you know, the odds of these coinciding is next to nil. Yeah. And um, it says fruit takes up two cargo spaces and cannot be unloaded. Yeah, it's bad. That is, um, for lack of a better word, uh, lack of a better word, bogus. Yeah. For yeah, lack of a better word that's appropriate. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty weird. One of the weirder UTs and pretty useless. I think they just wanted to make a combo with scurvy, like how it, vitamin C like can cure it and stuff, like a age of sale connection. But other than that, it's it's really bad in game. So, yeah, uh, um, that reminds me. My brother knew somebody who got scurvy. Oh, really? Yeah, because he had a terrible diet and stayed inside all day. <laughs> Just like crazy. me, but huh. that yeah. wasn't me. Yeah. Next one is uh, Sextant. This one ignores terrain uh, when given a move action. So just like those crew, but at least in this case, if you can find it, you're getting it for free. This one is yeah, it's not taking up space. Runner. 
Yeah, decent for a gold runner, because uh, wouldn't take up space, and then if you find it, you might have an easier trip home. But... Mm-hmm. Um, natives. Nasty. The next one. Yeah, this Nasty. one can be pretty rough if you find it. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of like rum, except you don't get uh yeah, you don't get any gold for it. Yeah, it's nasty. Yeah. It's probably one of the, I would say it's one of the most brutal negative UTs in the game. So it's really good with like big gunship builds like HMS Grand Temple when you just go around attacking and then they get hit with this and then they get attacked. It's like really bad for them. So, yeah. yeah. Um what's next? Oh, Cross of Coronado. Yeah, I'll do that one. Um basically um you load it face down so it takes up the space and then but it, it's a nice defensive thing. Almost like um not like the ignore first hit ability, but a little bit like that. This one I've had for a while. It's good. It's just kind of you know, it, it doesn't stand out, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's not awesome. And it's is it's more important if you've got a slow, maybe a bit more vulnerable gold runner too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cast away, uh, sort of like a recruiter for yeah. free, but this one's uh, crazy. Oh my god, I didn't realize it until this year. I want to say, with like some rules question in the rules thread, um, it's amazing. Any like can, one crew that yeah. crew, oh, actually, the, you change it assumes the ship's nationality. So the merc, like the cursed, could get Calco Cat from Spanish Main for SAT. No yeah, for a unique. So. That also makes me wonder uh, if I go through my uh, unique abilities by faction thread, which abilities come in at three points or less. Yeah, and how you can combine some of the more powerful abilities. Yeah. I mean, you can't get like Kian or anything. No, but you uh, can get. I mean, Ralph David. We just saw a plus two gold ability, for example. SAT. Or other versions of Ralph David. Yeah, yeah, Eternal, exactly. Eternal Bates. on who knows, a friendship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like SAT for a bunch of factions. There's so many good combos. And also, it doesn't link to the ship or crew, so you could you could uh, transfer it to another ship of that nationality to really yeah. be even crazier. So. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. That, that does make me wonder what combos are possible with that. It's yeah. probably one of the most under-considered... Exactly. Uh, crazy abilities out there. Yeah, that's exactly what I. That's kind of, I think I made a post about that, and I was like all excited about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah so it's, it's good reason, honestly. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, it's something I want to use a lot more going forward. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to look into that, do some research. Yeah, uh, missionary, just like really <laughs> nasty. Um, removes possibly all, worse. Yeah, yeah, it takes out all your crew on the ship, removes them from the game. I remember in a. I think it was the first 500 point game I played. Um, I remember I had basically a faction at the time. My collection wasn't as good. So I had like the mercenaries, the cursed and the Americans and the, like the Jades or whatever, all in one big faction, but I didn't have any gold runners for them. So they were just like a chaos faction. So <laughs> since they weren't getting gold. They just, they, they were bored. So I had uh, Captain Nemo and a bunch of crew on the Nautilus and that was, they were bored. So I had, the, ne- the Nautilus explore an island, and then Missionary took out Nemo and all the crew. So I was like, oh my god. It was awesome. <sighs> <laughs> it's like one of the worst memories of the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, explosives is next. This one's interesting, but god, not crazy. often very usable. Yeah. it's it's. I would say it might be kind of overpowered, because you can get it on like the Banshee's Cry, and then take out like a 5-master. Or Jolly Bond. 
Yeah, that'd be even worse. Pick Jollymon and yeah. sail it straight into a ten master. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's too it's Guichon, too much. Which one? Meet explosives. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those things where in the right situation it's gonna be hilariously good. Yeah. Like probably even to the person who is the victim of it. Yeah. It's also unfair. Yeah. Well, that is part of why, but you know. Neptune's Trident. Oh, wait, did, did I start the last one, or did you? Oh, I can't remember. You, you can oh, okay. All right, Neptune's Trident. It's This is a really strange one, and if you combine it with Nemo's plans... Oh, God. It's... Oh, yes. Um, it, if anything... Wait, no, there was, like, one... There's a sea monster from Return to Savage Shores that basically had this UT yeah. as its ability, but, yeah, you know... Yeah, Namazu. Yep. Yeah, Namazu, which is... Uh, it's an awesome offensive ability, mm-hmm. but um, oh, it's it's a really strange one too because you do need to find it on. Uh, oh, no, you. I guess you don't need to find it on a warship. Yeah, not really. You'd like to because it gives the ship a shoot action, so you'd want like some extra action crew or something like that. But or do you mm-hmm. want? You'd want to like get into position and then blast it out. So. Yeah, you absolutely would. But if you found it on a gold runner and it was a big game and you had like a battle group coming at you, you know what you'd do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's loaded. Oh, no, it's loaded face up, so you can't really have a surprise, but oh well. Well, you can use it as area denial then. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, threat. Even better, if it's in the same fleet as Namazu. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just basically how to break up every battle group by sailing in its direction. Yep. (laughs) Okay, so now we're getting towards the bottom. Super Um, rares. Yeah. Um, The Asp is one. Um, Oh, yeah, I don't don't have this super rare pack. I've used the Star of Siam a bunch because of the Vassal tournaments. I've never used Asp. I think it's actually slightly underrated. It's okay. Um, uh, Obviously... It's a dedicated border. Yeah, it's just not that great, but it's it's maybe not too terrible. I think it's really overshadowed by the SOS Darth Yeah, it's. I think if it were faster, S plus L, it might excuse it more. But as is, uh, it's just not quite there. It's yeah. not a multi-purpose ship. Nah. It's definitely not a warship outside of boarding. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, Star of Siam, Siam, uh, one of the best empty gold runners in the game. Yep. Although maybe not as good a deal as some other ships we've seen in here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this one does nevertheless get some mention in my uh, top 10 galleys <laughs> post, yeah. which will be coming at some point. Yeah, nice. Um, just because it really is a good ship, but yeah. I haven't used it. Yeah, it's great. Um, next one is Wesley. Uh, basically, the S-board ability. Um, I wonder if this is the first time S-board showed up, I'm thinking. I, I think it might be. I can't remember us going over that in the other set reviews. So, yeah, I think maybe you, wait, a, little, a little preview. Uh, Guy Laplante? Uh, or was that a later that, version of it? Yeah, that's the FNS Fire and Steel version, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And the French got like two or three S-boarders oh, yeah. in that set. Like, yeah, three. Yeah. Lazy his kids. Yeah, they got two in that set with Philippe Jordan, and then they have Robert Surcouf from uh, BC. So three total. 
Uh, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, Wesley, I don't think this is worth five. I think four or even three. Uh, three seems cheap, but uh, it's just not that great for me. I know Xerxes yeah. likes it, but it's it's tough to use effectively. Yeah, honestly, I, I've always looked at it and gone, uh, 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 I'm not going to use it. Yeah. Uh. Uh, now we're on to SE ships, the last four. There's a couple interesting ones in here, but Hangman's News is not really one of them. Nah, super boring. Yeah, it's average or slightly under average stats, plus a kind of, you know, a faction bonus. <laughs> so, yeah. Unless you uh, have something to say about it, you can jump onto Red Curse. Oh, yeah. I'd love to talk about Red Curse. This is actually, um, it's probably one of the lesser known, like, quite good ships, pretty underrated because um, of the rarity. Um, and it's also, it's because of that and how good it is, it's become one of my most wanted ships um, on my wanted list. Uh, very good cargo. The speed is average, but you get quite good guns, a nice mix of ranges and ranks. And then you have the home island rating ability, which is nice with that big cargo hold. So there's a ton mm-hmm. of great pirate crew options like Hammersmith, um, extra actions, home island rating. Uh, it's just it's definitely a fun package. And I like the name and every, I like everything about it, really. Yeah, in theory, you could combine this with just uh, plain captain and s- uh, sat. Yeah. Because I am not sure it really needs to be fast with how well armed it is. Yeah. I think you should. You- I think it should just because if you don't get the SAT, you're only L, which is pretty slow. But yeah. yeah, but you know, you I look at it and I I think it's tough enough to defend itself if something comes back to uh, to try to take care of the home island raider. Yep. Yeah, it's it's gonna be kind of a pain no matter how it's outfitted. Yep, exactly. Um, Concord is one of two American SE ships from this. Mm-hmm. Not exciting even as far as se ships go if anything pretty pretty underwhelming because its armament is almost average until it gets kind of bad at the back yeah yeah it's not that great um yep. the next one franklin this it one's broken the opposite yeah this one's really great um with a captain crew plus one to cannon rolls and the the cannons are already 2s so as long as you have a captain helmsman got a bunch of 1s cannons go around um, and as long as you don't roll a one, you'll hit. So it's one of the most accurate gunships in the game, probably on par with the Gallows and uh, a few others like the Resolution as uh, super accurate four-masted gunships. So really great option for the American. Yeah, I would actually argue this is one of the best four-mast ships ever yeah. uh, ever released because yeah, not only does it – because you're going to use it with a captain. You are. So, you know – quadruple of the best guns out there if you wanted you could put whatever his name was with l range on it that might not be a waste on this ship yeah yeah that's a good point Um, yeah crenshaw but yeah because it's also got okay speed and good uh good cargo space Mm -hmm. you know this yeah at a reasonably competitive price this is a hybrid ship yeah yeah it's pretty great all right, so that does it, actually. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say about uh, the set overall? Nothing I can think of right now. I like yeah. uh, One thing I did just think of, I did like this set enough back when it was out that when I bought a, uh, a pack of Barbary Coast, I was kind of like, eh, and I went back to buying Revolution. Yeah, 
yeah, I could see that definitely happening. Yeah, I like the set overall. Um, I'm glad I brought up. I think it's slightly overrated just because the named crew are pretty mediocre, and the mm-hmm. events were, of course, a bad idea overall. But it's still one of the best sets and one of my favorites overall. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it's fun to do the review. All right, so thanks for listening. Uh, this was episode nine, I'm pretty sure, of the Pirates DSG podcast, and uh, we'll be back with more. So thanks for listening.